You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, February 28, 2024. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. It is great to be here on a rainy, rainy Wednesday in New York City. My last stop before I head off to Puerto Rico. Yes, San Juan, to be exact. Not to be confused with San Juan, like some of you say over here. And by the way, it's taking place at the El Choliseo. Did you know that, Frank? Not the El Coliseo. It's the Choliseo. Yeah, the Choliseo. Even though it's pronounced C-O, it's actually, or, or it's spelled C-O, it's actually pronounced C-H-O in, uh, in a roundabout way. Yeah, it's something else. Anyway, looking forward to that. Was there back in January. We'll be there this weekend. For the big Amanda Serrano homecoming, also a guy by the name of Jake Paul will be on the card, Wanda uh, Walton. Should be a grand old time with my friends from DAZN. I'm looking forward to that. But like I said, we got a lot to discuss and a lot to get to on today's program. So buckle up, friends. What a show we had on Monday. Enjoyed it tremendously. Hope you all did as well. And uh, actually got a lot of love from the boxing community. Uh, apparently, a lot of them uh, checking out the show for the first time feels like a bit of a turning point for our program, and uh, more of that to come. So stay tuned, enjoying the diversification. But of course, our roots are firmly planted in the world of mixed martial arts, and more, more diversity on today's program, but still... Uh, a lot of MMA talk as well. So buckle up, my friends. Uh, as always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings. Later in the program, I'll tell you more about them. Also, BetterHelp. We love BetterHelp. Tell you more about them as well. Back into the show, uh, we'll check in with the Parlay Boys, get GC's picks for the weekend, and any other matters that need to be addressed. Is Juliana back? I don't even know. I'll find out, like all of you, back into the program. Prior to that, at around 3.40, the president and the founder of BKFC, that's Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, he will be stopping by. His name, Dave Feldman. He's coming on bearing gifts. He will announce the main event for Knuckle Mania 4. That takes place on April 27th in Los Angeles. Uh, that is a big, big event for them. That's sort of like their 
uh, International Fight Week WrestleMania Super Bowl event. And so he will tell us not only the main event, but also some other information regarding the card. Stay tuned for that. Feldman doing big things. Always great to have him on. Prior to that, we'll answer questions on the nose. Stay tuned for that. Another litany of great questions. Can't wait to get to them. Matthew Riddle, the former UFC fighter turned WWE wrestler, now free agent, indie star. He'll be competing on the MLW card here in New York City in Queens tomorrow night. It airs on Triller. He left WWE in September, was released after a great run over there. Uh, lasted about three and a half years. He's uh, a very interesting guy to talk to. Has obviously been through a lot. Has done a lot. Never had him in studio. We've talked to him before, of course, in person, you know, out at events and obviously during the UFC run. So looking forward to having the great Matt Riddle, Mr. Super King of Bros himself, joining us in studio at about uh, 2.05. Clarissa Shields is going to stop by at around 1.45 to talk about her uh, debut in Saudi Arabia and her PFL win this past weekend. And we'll talk about some of the things we talked about on Monday with her number one fan, New York Rick. And Jorge Malvidal is going to join us at 1.15 to talk about the game-bred bare-knuckle MMA card, which goes down this Saturday, March 2nd, in Orlando. And it features their first title fight. It will be Junior Dos Santos, the former UFC heavyweight champion, going up against the former middleweight contender, Alan Belcher, who has uh, enjoyed a bit of a renaissance in this bare-knuckle world. They're going toe-to-toe for that heavyweight strap. So stay tuned for Masvidal. He was in Stockton yesterday, the 209. And I'm curious as to why. We've got about 10 or so minutes. We can squeeze in a question or two. I say we do it. Time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time... It's time for a good yeah. old-fashioned Q&A, MMA fans. Uh, so many good questions today. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment an email has from Substack to hear from yes. the man himself, that they are now Ariel offering Hawani. direct messages. You know what? Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, I was just about to mention it, that a, uh, a loyal now, subscriber your actually sent me a whole bunch of questions that he moderated which I thought was very kind of him. Um, But this is after I did it myself. And so I was uh, not in need of said moderation, but I do appreciate him going out of his way and doing so. And he actually did, he actually did a great job, if I'm being honest. So thank you very much to that individual. I appreciate it. And uh, perhaps I will use your services in the future. All right, let's get to... A couple of uh, questions here. Um, Mark, Mark Walsh up first. Konas Atatu Ariel. I do believe that is Gaelic. Mark here again. A quick point slash question to ask you and the lads in the back. You guys were saying that Francis leaving the PFL event was not a great omen for the potential future MMA fight. However, wasn't he very annoyed that the Fury versus Usyk fight was announced before his fight? with Fury took place. Perhaps he finds it disrespectful to AJ for another fight to be announced before he competes. You know, I didn't think of that. That's actually a great point. That's actually a fantastic point. Now, different sports, no date attached. Fury Usyk, there was an actual date attached, this and that. But uh, it's not not the worst point. And so I want to run with that. That's a great one, Mark. Uh, Maybe he feels like, yo, 
let me deal with the guy in front of me who I'm fighting in like 10 days. Well, at that point, it was like 13 days. Let me deal with that guy. And then we could do your face-offs and we could do all that stuff. Of course, he's standing right there. I'm sure PFL would have loved to have that shot, especially considering how tall, you know, Problema is and, and, and how great the visual would be. But I like that. And I will say, Mia Culpa, I didn't think of that. I also do know that he was a little bit, you know, the announcement and all that stuff. So I, I, I obviously have some intel, but uh, there's definitely a part of me that thinks that this could this could add to it as well. So well done. Uh, here's Eric. Hilwani, who, me? Who, me? Mm. Everything okay? Yeah. Uh, as a diehard boxing fan, I wanted to give you a shout-out for the amazing coverage this week, as always. Thanks, Eric. Monday's show is fantastic and pure entertainment. With that said, we have a fantastic run of fights in the next few months, and was wondering which upcoming fight you and the guys are most excited for. Okay, here we go. March 8th, Joshua Ngannou. April 20th, Haney Garcia. May 4th, Canelo Charlo. I don't think that's right, my man. As we discussed on um, on Monday with a bunch of people, I don't think he's fighting Charlo. I think there's a much better chance of him fighting Munguia or even Berlanga than Charlo, especially if he leaves PBC. Uh, May 12th, Lomachenko Cambosis. Not bad. Uh, Fury Usyk, May 18th. Wouldn't be surprised if Katie Taylor and Chantel Cameron falls on May 25th. June 1st, better be of Bivol plus the five-on-five with Matchroom. Also failed to mention here, April 27th, Taylor Catterall, which is a great one. Uh, We had them on last Wednesday as well. If I had to pick one, obviously we have great interest in Joshua and Ganu. If you don't want to say that that one counts and and my interest couldn't be higher for that, what a week that's going to be next week. PFL in Paris on Thursday with the return of Cédric Dumbé. Then you've got Francis versus AJ on Friday evening in Riyadh, Friday afternoon here in the United States, and then 299 on Saturday. That is going to be insane. Um, but if, if, if you don't want to pick that one, I'll, I'll probably go with Haney Garcia. Uh, I don't think that that's a hot take. New York Rick was at the press conference yesterday in New York. I believe he's here. I'm here. Your thoughts? There's buzz, man. It feels it feels like a big fight. Does and it? you know, I, I've stated this many times. Like, I feel like the biggest boxing fights to me are the most intriguing thing in combat sports, even above the biggest MMA fights. Now, you know, that's that's talent dependent. But this one has a big feel. This one feels like the the teams are getting into it, the promoters are getting into it, the fighters are obviously getting into it, and now the fans are kind of coming along and getting excited when Oscar, Eddie, Devin, uh, Ryan are leaving the venue yesterday. It was a mob scene. Like People are excited about this fight. The fans are turning out. I saw some videos of Eddie getting like mobbed, Ryan getting mobbed. Yeah. Every single person was got getting... mobbed as soon as they left. There was lo- there was tons of people outside. It was, it was a horde. How many people would you say were inside? That is harder to say because we're kind of like in a pit and then behind are the seats up in like an elevated section. A few hundred, a few hundred in the seats. Um, did it, because I know Eddie sometimes doesn't like when there's fans there, but I think especially for the face-off and you heard people yelling and stuff like that, yeah. I think the fans add a lot. Uh, we have the face-off here. We can show it. Um, I, think the, I think the fans add a lot. 
they don't, you know, they don't do things the exact same way as uh, as the UFC. And it's funny seeing fans like look at this, the MMA fans, and be like, "What a clown show!" I'm like, "Have you seen some of the UFC press conferences as of late?" And it gets a li- it gets a little crowded there. But this was good. I thought this was good stuff. This was good theater. And you know what was interesting, Rick? It was uh, first I felt like Ryan was leaning into the, uh, the rivalry between Oscar and Eddie, but then it seemed like he turned on Eddie. Yeah, he, he turned on Eddie quick as soon as Eddie said that uh, Devin can't lose, um, which I think was a rightful uh, objection by Ryan Garcia, if uh, if he's saying that Devin will never lose. Um, and then he made, how about this? He made amends with Bernard Hopkins live on stage. I think that was like the biggest, right. uh, the biggest takeaway. Ryan Garcia's turning over a new leaf, putting all beefs uh, behind him and, and focused on uh, Devin and Bill Haney. And, um, you know, it's also interesting. And look how long. This is like a minute and a half long. It, it was about a minute and a half in total, yeah. Do you think that they should cut these shorter? No. I love the long face-off. I love the, the – the thing about it is, right, when you have a UFC event and you've got 15 fights that you're re- that everybody's kind of, like, focused on and cares about, like, all of you, – you have to give time to this. With boxing, let's – you know, we know what it is. It's the two guys or girls at, at the top of the billing at, on the poster – Let's live, give them as long as they want. If they want to keep the intensity up, and as long as the face-off is still going in the direction that it's got some juice and some energy, let them do it. Like I remember, re- just recent memory, because there's been a few that have gone very long. But like the Tyson um, Wilder one, that was like five minutes of them just staring at each other from twelve feet away. Like there's there's a time and a and a place for that long type of face off. And I thought this was just the right amount of time. You are playing with fire though, right? Like you're playing with fire. Oh yeah. It was you, getting it, was, it, it especially Garcia it looked like, right? Was getting very agitated, talking to six different guys in uh Haney's camp and, and trying to get it. But we just saw them kind of have a squabble uh during Super Bowl week. Like this is what we're getting. You you want this. You want the emotion. You want the rawness of this. And as I said, if it feels at the moment like a big fight. Now, we've got a lot of time before the fight is actually here, and we'll see how that ebbs and flows. But right now, it feels like the energy is there. What about Sean O'Malley and Tim Welch um, with uh, some commentary? <laughs> the great on, video. Yeah. Yes. On uh, Oscar and uh, Ryan's appearance on the program. And of course, to a degree, you could say fair game because they were, you know, Ryan and Oscar were talking about a potential fight with Sean. Obviously, they made some accusations there. Uh, seems like the fans liked the video very much. In case you missed it, here's Tim and Sean playing the role of Oscar and Ryan. One, action. Ryan, we need money. We're in debt from betting, brother. Oscar, I think I could fuck Sugar Sean up, honestly. You could fight MMA. You could beat whoever you want. You could beat John Jones. I seriously think I could wrestle. Wrestle your security guard. Show him. Prove him. You're an athlete. You're a natural. You can do whatever, brother. Let's get it on. Hold on. Fuck, I'll fight Dana. Dana. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar. Let's go on aerial show, brother. Yeah, I'm gonna Tim is the star of that, man. Tim is incredible. <laughs> Everything on his nose and then throwing out the jab. Oh, my God. The reference to wrestling the security, it puts yeah. it over the top because that's, that's, in, our, that's in our universe, right? Oh, my God. Uh, that was fun stuff. Monday was fun as well. Uh, my good friend uh, Spencer, who does a tremendous job with my social media, he put together a bit of a recap of Monday's show. It was, I mean, we talked about it being like 
the uh, Stan Van Gundy, Dwight Howard scrum from back in the day, it wasn't quite exactly as awkward as that. But man, knowing that Eddie was back there, knowing that Ryan, there was some awkwardness. The team in the back did an amazing job of moving all the pieces along and making sure that no drama happened or that nothing intertwined or no one intertwined or no one got into it. Yeah, I mean, you guys killed it. Here's a recap of some of the, uh, I guess, more memorable interactions from Monday's show. You know, Ryan says some things that, like, it's like no coming back from. He's an idiot. I just watched a little bit of what he said. He's a dumbass. Like, you know how, like, most fighters, after, you know, they hug and it's like, all right, you know, good fight, da-da-da, I didn't mean none of that, I said. Nah, he said some stuff about my religion that, like, he cannot come back from. I never disrespected his religion. I want that to be clear right now. And he knows what he said. Don't try to start that narrative. I told you, don't bring religion into this. I don't know why you're doing this. You spoke about my religion, you spoke, spoke down on my religion. So now, I'm gonna make an example out of you. Enlighten me with proof of me disrespecting your religion. You're the man, Ryan. Thank you so much. Great to see you. Uh, Oscar's gonna come in here now, so we say Amazing. goodbye to uh, Ryan Garcia. What's up, Oscar, how are you? So you good? good to see you. Please I'll have a seat. Eddie Hearn had nothing to do with this fight. See, Eddie Hearn is partners with the Zone USA, so I'm sure they're throwing a few crumbs <clears throat> at him. Does that bother you? I have no ego. Okay. Ego is not my amigo. <laughs> Will he be at the press conference tomorrow? The zone people called me up saying, hey, just, you know, let him up there. I was like, what the fuck is he going to be up there for? Like, isn't it uncomfortable for him, like, to put his face there? It had nothing to do with it. We're going to bring in our next guest here, uh, Eddie Hearn. Eddie! Okay. Yes, Jeez, yes. Okay. God damn it, uh, It's nice to see Oscar. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for the kind words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fascinating dynamic here on the program. <laughs> I heard all the stuff. A, a fight of this magnitude, I don't sound egotistical, but needs to go, really. So they brought me in. If you're not financially invo- involved, is it oh, worth I'm your financially involved. Oh, you That's are? That's the whole point, yeah. Oh, that yeah. is the whole point. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be if I wasn't. The fight is in association with Matrim. Yes, we've got our logos everywhere, nice, but no real involvement. I'll okay. let Oscar take the, take the limelight and build, but I think it's a brilliant fight. You think we'll see a scene like where on fight night, you're kind of team Ryan and Eddie's team Haney, and you guys are going like toe to toe or none of that? No, 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 no. Because no. Eddie has nothing to do with this. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that laugh was great. Uh, Ego's not my amigo is a tremendous line. The whole thing was great. If you missed it, go check out Monday's show. Let's turn our attention now to our first guest of the day. He is always a great individual to speak to. I'm curious what he has up his sleeve. First things first, though, it's this Saturday, March 2nd. It's the return of Gamebred Bare Knuckle MMA first ever title fight. It's the legend Cigano Junior Dos Santos against Alan Belcher. Other legends on the card as well, including Crazy Horse Charles Bennett. He's our good friend, Gamebred himself, Jorge Mazvidal. Hey, what's up, Jorge? How are you? What's up, my brother? It's good to see you, my friend. You're looking fantastic as always. By the way, where are you right now? Could I ask? Uh, Undisclosed areas, what people behind the computer telling me to say. Now nah, I'm playing, man. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm in Vegas. Okay. Right now, so I had a little trip yesterday, uh, a couple days ago, or no, what, what day is it today? Today's Wednesday. Yeah. I was on Cali for like a couple days, and I was like, you know what? Let me stop by Stockton. I've never been there. I heard the tacos are good over there. Maybe I run into Nate. We can make this fight happen. So I was like, yeah, let's go over there. Took the squad over there. Read down my number and a piece of paper, started handing out to people that looked like they might know Nate Diaz. I met the butcher at, at the butcher shop, and he was like, yeah, I know Nate well. I was like, that's funny because he's vegan. 
But whatever, I'm just looking for beef, man. So you let me know how I find this motherfucker. You know, he's like, I know, hey, bro, I'll get you. I'm, give me your number. I got you. I'll make this happen. So I gave my number out to this fucking dude. I gave it to a couple of people. I heard Nate's not that good with the technology, neither am I. So I was like, fuck it, maybe we could just do this old school style. Just meet up on the face to face and make this shit happen, you know? Okay. Well, it was it was kind of wild to see you out there in front of the, you know, the signage and all that stuff. Was that your first time in Stockton? Yeah, first time in Stockton. What do you think of it? It's it's kind of like this mythical place in America, considering the Diaz brothers and how they made it famous. What do you, what do you think of the two hundred nine? What was your experience like? Food was pretty damn good. I'm not gonna lie. I went to this place called uh, was it Lumberjacks? Right, that Lumberjacks. Shout out the Lumberjacks. Pretty damn good. Some good pancakes. Some good fucking breakfast burritos. Then uh, I had some good tacos as well. Um, the city. Uh, wasn't a lot of people where I was at. It was there was some people, but it wasn't like crazy packed. You know, maybe everybody was working in some of the, the areas that I went to. I went to the Chinatown. It was like empty. Nobody was there. So I, I was looking for the people. At least where I was at, it's kind of like the ghost town part. Maybe you know, I don't know. Okay, I and, went everywhere. Um, yeah. Did you actually ever see Nate? No, I didn't see him. No, but I ran into like a hundred people that said they know him, and then they said uh, you're in the wrong county. You got to go over to the next county. Um, Lido. Lido. Yes. Lido. They said he's from Lido, man. You ain't you're in the wrong spot. You you fucked up. You wasted all this time and money to come over here. You gotta go over there. And I was like, shit, man. I think I got time for all that today, bro. I got flights to catch and shit. So we didn't get to go over to the next county. But yeah, Stockton was cool. Um around a month or so ago, there was a report that came out that there's a there's a sort of deal in place for you guys to fight each other in a boxing match. Is there anything you can say about that? There's no deal in place, but I would love to fight this motherfucking unboxing match, you know. Obviously, I would have loved to have done an MMA. And, uh, you know, when he was free and I was free, it just wasn't working out. I was competing against Usman for the title uh, during that time that he was still with the UFC. And then uh, shortly after that, he got released, you know. So I, I uh, not released, but he ended up, he finished out his contract. So we didn't get to make that happen. Now the UFC is so gracious and uh, we struggle a great deal. They're going to let me box for a couple matches. Nate could be one of them, hopefully, man. I would I would love to do it. We got unfinished business. We're both uh guys that get after him. We're fucking trying to hurt the the opponent. You know, I think in boxing, um he gets a lot of credit because he's always worked out with great boxing. It's one of his standout things is jujitsu and boxing. So why not just do straight boxing? Because obviously the kicks fucked him up in the MMA, you know, cut up his face, dropped him to the body, dropped him to the head. The two times out of the three that I dropped him were due to kicks. So it's like uh like the Ben Askren thing, you know. If we're going to boxing, you don't got to worry about the knee, cocksucker, you know? Right. Is is Nate your top choice? Uh, definitely one of the choices, you know? I, I can't stand... But this is more for personal reason. I can't stand that lesbian-looking transitional bitch tail sonin. And no offense to lesbians, because there's some hot, cool-ass lesbians out there. It's just him with them glasses and that haircut. He just... He looks like he's in transition. I would love to bust up chill, but he would never get into the boxing ring with me. They've offered him all types of crazy money. All he could do is, like video rants on his fucking cheesy channels, you know. But Chad would be one guy that I would love to break his eye over. Just because he's such a cheating fuck. Like, if you take... he He's gotten caught with more substances in his body than any other competitor in the history. At one time, he had, like, six or seven different substances in his body for one of his title fights. It's like, you're a fucking piece of shit human being. You could go out there and hurt somebody just for you to fucking make a paycheck. Because when you're on steroids, as everybody knows, you become, like, a super soldier. So Chad would be somebody that... I would love the fuck up, man. And I would just tell him, do all the steroids you want. It don't matter. I'm still going to break your fucking eye over it, bro. Did you guys have like a run-in or did he say something about you to where it's so personal now? A run-in? <laughs> you crazy, bro. That guy, when he sees me, fuck, no way, bro. That guy's always been my biggest fan ever. Now, 
he's got them Twitter fingers, but there's numerous videos of him giving me praise and all right. this shit and this and that, you know. But uh, no, it, you know, it really started kind of because of you. He, he started talking shit. I took your side, and I, and I really don't like this pussy, anyways. You know, no, it's yeah, fucking, it's my fault. Uh, yeah, no, it's not your fault. Yeah. I'm the one that spoke up. But he's just a crotch sniffing bitch, you know, at his best, you know, at his best. Steroids, seven strands of steroids, training camp, six months. All he would do is hug a leg and fucking pray for a fucking uh, decision, you know. So not my cup of tea, obviously, and um and shit like that. And plus, he's a fake ass gangster. What is it? This guy's got fucking what fraud, real estate charges or something? Because he ain't definitely no fucking gangster. But, you know, it's that new age shit. People fucking say shit and do shit, and then your little followers and minions believe it, you know? But him and Kobe the same clock, bitches. Um, so c- could I just ask last thing about your fighting? When do you think we'll find out? Because you, you say that the UFC gave you the clearance, so you're back, you're going to fight in boxing, you, you want to have that match. When do you think we'll find out what your plans are as far as your fighting career this year? Shit, I don't know, man. I got no idea, man. Um... You think soon? Summer free, man. Now I got, I ain't got no charges, no cases on me, no probation. Yeah. So maybe make this shit happen sooner than later. I'm, I know it's gonna happen this year. I just, I don't know. Okay. When and stuff. There's a lot of paperwork. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. and all that bullshit politics. But I'm ready to throw down, man. What? Why'd you tweet you're dead to Nate? Um, I went into a sparring session. Sparred some motherfuckers up that are supposed to be pretty damn good. Oh. I fucking lit them up, and I was like, man. It was just a feeling, not like I'm physically going to kill this dude or something, but on the day we step into that boxing ring, you're fucking dead, bro. We're going to go box, and I'm going to leave you in a box, bro. What do you think, by the way, of him versus Jake? Like, his skills? What I didn't like from Nate in that fight is that, you know, from, you know, I've been watching Nate, I don't know, 16 years. He, he's been near my weight. You know, he was at 155 or 170, and so was I, and we were the same organizations. Um, so I've, I've always seen Nate, you know, and I just didn't think for that fight he was prepared. Like, I, I, I think he just fucking said, bro, I'm fighting this Disney kid. And he literally came up off the couch and maybe two, three weeks he trained getting ready for, for Jake. And, and he didn't give it the, what he probably, the, the type of shape that he should have been in. I know for a fact he won't make that mistake with me because he knows I'm trying to put him out. And if he's not in shape, I'm going to hundred percent put him out just quicker, you know? So one, one thing I can say about that fight is I, I, I I don't think he respected as much as he should have, you know? Okay. Well, that would be fascinating. I'm very curious to see how this all turns out. And didn't even know that you would be in Stockton when, when we booked this, because uh, the reason why we booked this was because you have your next show this coming Saturday in Orlando, Game Bread, Bare Knuckle MMA, title fight, Junior Sagano, Dos Santos against Alan Belcher, who fucking old school fans will remember Alan Belcher as a 185-er, has now had great oh, success yeah. as a heavyweight, and especially oh, in this yeah. world, uh, why are you so excited oh, yeah. about Cigano versus Belcher? Well, we run it back to last year when we started this. We had um, Junior Dos Santos versus Fabricio Verdun on one side of the bracket. We had Alan Belcher versus Roy Nelson on the other side of the bracket. We let the cream rise, you know. Um, Alan Belcher, Roy Nelson, very close fight, very competitive fight. Boom, we got the winner of that. Kind of same thing with... Uh, Fabricio Verdum and, and JDS. JDS won. It, was, it wasn't like a, a crazy back and forth fight. He won, but it wasn't like the biggest uh, margin and separation between him and Verdum, you know. So I think both these guys got that in the back of the head where they're like, fuck, bro, I want to make a statement. I want to go out there. And now that I know what this MMA bare knuckles like, laid out on the line, I've been talking to both competitors a lot, and both of them are in the right place. Um, in the case of Allen, he's been training since his fight with Roy Nelson, so I expect him to come in tip-top shape. JDS hasn't stopped training as well either. I've been seeing pictures, talking to him as well on video, and he looks fucking 
phenomenal. You know, we got the open workout today, which you could te- you could check out with our partner that I'm very happy to announce. Um, part of the reason why I'm also so happy for this partnership is that everything is absolutely and utterly free. There's no paywall, no credit card. You get to see all the footage, the backstage, the workouts, the weigh-ins, the backstage brawls that be happening in my events, as we know. So you get to watch it all on kick.com. So please don't miss out. This is all for the fucking fans. Free as can be. Oh, there you are. We lost you there. Okay, so you were saying free as can be. It's on kick.com. You just uh, you just signed this deal. Is this you a long-term deal? Or is, it, is it just for this event? Deal. Okay, you happy with it? This will be a long-term deal. Our exclusive partnership, I'm very, very happy, man. Um, me and my team, we, we attack the, the world of MMA a lot. We see where it's also going. Streaming is obviously... Yeah. It's not now. It's been already this fucking massive tsunami. It's just fucking coming in on everything. So we wanted to partner up with the biggest streamer, some of the front runners in the fucking streaming race and kick by far as the leader from seeing the numbers, seeing what they're doing, what they're going to be doing. So this deal, I could say, is one of my favorite and most fucking not just lucrative deals, but best deals for the company as far as getting our name out there. And like I said, it's free. So everybody gets to fucking watch everything they were doing on Fight Week, behind the stage, all that shit. Free as can be. And that's always what I wanted to do is just show this product to the world and let the world decide where where this product falls. Do, do you know... um? What number event this is for Gamebred Bare Knuckle? What are you at now? Like five, six? Um, here's the thing. So we had a couple events, our, our test events in uh, Mississippi. Yeah, I remember. Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah, we, we had a bunch of those. And then we, you know, um, we did a little blueprint. We kind of stepped it up a little bit and we, we changed the name. We started investing more money. So it's, it's still the same company, still the same people, but we did change up the name slightly. So really, in my eyes, it's like event number eight that we do a bare knuckle, number seven, something like that, I think. Um, but with with the new company, it's our fourth event. The reason I ask that is, you know, you've been around this game a long time. Uh, I, as well, not as long as you, but obviously have seen promotions come and go. And I think some people thought like, oh, you know, a fighter's promotion, this and that. Uh, oh, this will last two events, like affliction, and just kind of go away. Here you are approaching your 10th event. With, with Bare Knuckle, and I know you've done other disciplines as well, and you just signed this deal. It seems to be going well. Is Are you happy with where the business is at, where you currently oh, stand? I'm okay. I'm extremely happy. More, more so, all this is possible, only and utterly, because one of the strong team that I have with me, because uh, I'm just one guy. I'm just recruiting guys. I'm matchmaking, and I'm doing this, interviews and, and, and talking <laughs> to you about it. But behind me, there's a very strong team that is making all the fighters feel comfortable, getting their medicals done, transportation, commissions, venues, all that stuff. So big shout-out to my team, Dean Two and the Pensacola Boys, Victoria Gonzalez, Chris Edward Noria. All these motherfuckers make uh, make this dream possible. So it's it's fucking an amazing fucking feeling. Um, I've also thrown a couple boxing shows. Maybe we're like on six boxing shows that we've thrown. And uh, we did Icon MMA Glove for about eight shows. We were in UFC Fight Pass for a year, and uh, we just finally found the home for it. It's going to be starting at the end of the year. We're going to have Icon back as well. And this is something that I love, man. I just love to compete myself, but also to promote. It's And it's so intertwined. It's, it's kind of like the same thing for me, you know, so I love it. I could do this all day, just watch films of guys that I want to recruit, then go recruit them, and then get on your show and talk about these guys that I'm going to recruit. You know, it's like the fucking perfect marriage, you know? No, it's great. I give you a lot of credit because I think some people would like to do it for one or two events and then kind of realize how hard it is to put on an event 
And I could see the passion that you have for it. Like as a promoter, it seems like you really enjoy it. It's part of the reason why you enjoy it because you're giving opportunities to guys, right? Like the Charles Crazy Horse Bennett's of the world and the and Joe Kuani's of the world and the uh, Chase Sherman's of the world. Like you're giving opportunities to fighters who need opportunities. Is, is that part of the appeal too? Uh, part, part when I started the league, I always uh, thought back to uh, the late great Timbo Slice. He invited me to his backyard, right? As everybody knows. And... Back then, he was a rock star getting 30 million views a fucking fight. You know, and he invites this, this spit from Miami that nobody fucking knows. And just him, that he happened to be at the same gym and he thought I had good hands. He said, hey, man, come fight for my show. Get your shine on, you know, fucking walk through these doors and, and take what's yours, you know. And that always stuck with me because he didn't have to. And then that ended up being one of my most viewed fights. I mean, I'm not trying to exaggerate, but I've seen some videos that have, and just so many videos of it that have like 30, 40 million views, you know. So that always resonated with me very well. So when I had the chance to do this as well, I'm like, man, I'm going to do the same exact damn thing for all these guys and as big as I can. I'm going to get this huge platform. I'm going to have all the eyeballs of MMA watching, and then I'm going to get the best, meanest, up-and-coming, well-established dudes that are free agents to come fight for us, and we're going to get them as much exposure as possible. And, you know, when, when this is a guy that was, like, fighting on the regular circuit, he was getting, like, I don't know, five, ten thousand 10,000 views per fight, and then he came on a show, and then he did, like, 500,000 views that's it, man. That fucking fills me with so much joy. It fills these guys up with joy. They fucking hit us back. They want to fight. They know they're getting crazy exposure. I mean, uh, when JDS fought Fabrizio Verdum, we had a five-hour stream. And in that five-hour stream, we had a million people watching. Wow. You know, I always say this, but it's a fucking crazy one because that, that that's nuts to get, as you know very well, to keep yeah. a thousand people watching something for five hours is not the easiest thing, you know? So that definitely showed us, the investors and everybody part of the team that we're headed down in the right direction. We definitely have a product that the fans are fucking with and love, and we're the only ones doing it. So good luck, everybody else. What's it like doing business with Crazy Horse? Oh, I love this dude. <laughs> Don't call him that, though. He might He might. He doesn't like it anymore. Is, is, it, is that bad? It's felony. Oh, fuck. You call his ass. Sorry. You call his ass. Felony. No, bro. my bad. He prefers felony you over want... Crazy Horse, huh? You don't, you don't want him rolling up. He might be in your studio right oh, now. Oh, no. Much love. Be... Much love, Charles. I... Much love, Mr. Bennett. I'm a big fan. I've always been a huge, huge fan of Felony. Um, Joe the Party comes to fucking fight every damn time. So this is one of my picks for fight of the night right here. I got about two of them. This is definitely one of them. What's the other one? Um, well, I'm not counting the main event. Uh, right. I, I kind of, you know, um, Alex Nicholson, Chase Sherman is going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a war. It, it's going to. I know both these guys well. They fought already before, too. They're both from Florida, so I saw them both coming up in smaller promotions, worked their way through the UFC and all the other promotions that they fought in. Both guys are very like-minded where they don't give a fuck how much damage they take or have to get into or the risk that they have to take to get the finish. So at some point, these dudes are just going to fucking throw down and somebody's leaving the stretcher. And, and for those that don't know, they've never seen one of your events. I've enjoyed it. By the way, Kayla Harrison going to be back. I enjoyed her on the commentary. She back on. No, she's a little busy prepping right. for her fights and stuff. We didn't want her traveling to Orlando fair, fair. four hours this way, four hours that way. That's that's our champion right there. We need Kayla to go out there and fucking show the world what she's made out of. You know? So we don't we don't want to fucking mess with her in any way. Shout uh, out to Harrison. She's the best. Uh, okay, so it's uh, it's it's for non-title fights, three five-minute rounds in a cage, MMA rules, but with no gloves, and then the title fight is the same five five-minute rounds, yes? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you could go bet on these fights with... Our latest partner, Stake.com, that is our official partner Dang. for all the betting, everything, our main title sponsor as well. 
you know, so big shout out to Steak. Um, huge, huge magnitude of a deal, you know. Um, we're 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 doing really, really well. And like you said, all those shows that uh that like were here and that are not now here, I fought in a lot of those shows like overseas, some here in America. I don't know if you remember Bodog Aerial. Yes. And you know, maybe you remember Strike Force. Yes. You know, you remember you remember Sanguku. Yes. Um all these shows I fought for and, and then they went on there, you know. And uh shit, I took a lot of Took a lot of notes during that time, not knowing that I was going to be a promoter then, but I would just look into these things, you know. I mean, Bellator, I could say now, is is pretty much also not not around as sure. much anymore now, right? Because they just bought purchase. So that's another show that I fought in. And I've, and I've always noticed in shows uh, certain things that I liked as a fighter, promoter, and things that I didn't, you know. And that's what I try to bring into the game and keep the fucking fans happy, man. And what the fans want is... They're not looking for pictures of salads and who's eating what and this. They want fucking violence. So I go out there and I sign the most violent motherfuckers in the world. I convince them to take these gloves off. I pay them real well for that. And then I get them as much exposure possible. Put them on the fucking show and let the world fucking enjoy, man. Uh, what about getting it in as many states as possible? Because I, I know that there's other bare knuckle organizations that have been doing this. It, can you, if, if like BKFC is good, does that mean you're good as well? Or because you're a different form of bare knuckle does that mean you have to go out and try to get your own sort of licenses in these states? Do you know what I mean? First and foremost, we're the only MMA bare knuckle. Exactly. Secondly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, that's what I mean. Second, yeah, yeah. If if a commission if a commission says yeah you could do this bare knuckle, then that usually means you could do that bare okay, knuckle okay. as well. It's not a hundred percent always like that and that transparent, but more times than not, and definitely we're we're we want to make this legal in every fucking state, you know. Yeah. By the way, was there any talk of you fighting on 300? I know you were free, but there were some people who were like, oh, this could use a Jorge, this could use a Nate. Did they ever kick the can with you on that? Um, there was some flirting, definitely. There was a lot of flirting. There was a lot of this and that, you know, for the Miami card as well. Yeah. You know, how are you going to go to Miami and not have your boy on there, right? That's that's a common thought. Um, but fucking, yeah, there was a little bit of talk for it, you know. It just, nothing materialized. Were you interested? Uh, yeah, big part of me was definitely interested, but I, I already had kind of like, I want to do boxing, man. I've been doing MMA for 20 years. I kind of just want to box and, and, you know, just have fun doing something else, something different. You know, I still, MMA is my number one sport, my number one activity to do. But, uh, yeah, I opted the, the boxing route for now. Are they going to bring you out to, uh, wrap the belt around the winner of Gaethje and Holloway, the BMF title fight? Oh, you got to ask Hunter and Dana. Well, I made it happen the last time. Remember that? I mean, it was you did. But do you, you want to even do that? that? Do you even want to do that? Oh, well, I'm I'm a humongous fan of uh, Max Holloway. Not that I don't like uh, Gage because I like I like the way he fights and all that. You know, um, maybe just a little sour that he beat my boy, my little brother Dustin. But uh, other than that, I mean, both both guys are fucking great competitors. They put it all on the line to get the fucking finish to give the fans what they want. So, so I think it's a great title for BMF. Um. Obviously, I'm rocking with Max. I'm a fucking huge fan of this guy in and out of the cage. I love his fight style. You know, so I got my money on Max. Okay. By the way, you see this Ilya Taporia of Spain? See how big he's, he's blowing up, huh? I told you, motherfucker. Did you I tell me what? Did you? <laughs> I, don't I told you. I told you. I told the whole world. I've been telling everybody about Johnny Evelyn and my boy Ian. Yeah. That's right. We need to just get Johnny Eblen not to spend $85,000 on, on women in one shopping spree. That might be a problem, no? I mean, you know, I mean, he's just getting a lot of money, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm not his bank account, but he's getting a lot of money. Or, or maybe he likes to be like, 
damn, I got to go make some money because I just spent so much money right now that, that I got to knock this dude out and get a bonus or something. Maybe that's what he does. He, like, psychologically preps himself like that. I don't know, man. It's just a lot of money. I mean, one shopping spree, 85. Have you ever spent that much in one shopping outing? Uh, but what type of shopping? Like, clothes? I don't know. I don't know what he was shopping. I mean, it seemed like it was closed. It was 85000 reportedly. Um... I've spent eighty five thousand, but I mean, I not on a car, on, like on a car I can, or something like that. I can understand, but like it seemed like it was just clothes, and not Hello, for and not for himself. That's a decent amount of clothes, right there, man. Um, yeah, but this high end shit gets expensive quick. So I know. I, I can see. I can get the eighty five, but nah, me personally, I haven't spent eighty five k at the Louis store. And I've, I've spent some decent numbers, but not eighty five thousand. I like that shirt. Who's I got, that? I got a meaty. Okay. Ain't cheap either, brother. Yeah, I know. <laughs> By the way, I saw a video of you uh, rock climbing, and it didn't look like you had like any kind of like harness or anything. Do you know what I'm talking about? What What was that all about? And should you be doing that? Is that smart for you and your safety? Yeah, yeah there's a lot of rumors about me doing all that rock climbing shit. I mean, it, I mean, it's not rumors. It, it, you posted it on your social media. We're showing it right now. <laughs> oh, okay. It was posted on the social media. I don't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't necessarily record the video or post the video. Okay. So I didn't know what was out there yet. But yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. I've been climbing rocks without fucking those little ropes for a long time, and you know, when looking at the video again, yeah, the, the angle looked a little steep at the time. I was just like, I, I can't fall because I'll get hurt. But I didn't think it was uh, as crazy as it looked in the video. You know, it was it was a good time. I had I, I you know, when I climb, I, my mind um, is so present at that moment. Yeah. And you're just so chill that. I love it, man. It's like one of the best pastimes, you know, whether it's hiking. Now that I've been in Vegas for a while, I've gotten to do a lot of cool-ass hikes and rock climbing, something that I like to do on my downtime when I'm not at the gym, you know. And it just lets my mind be very present, not focus on my phone yeah. or what I'm going to do the next task. It's just like, don't fall. <laughs> don't right. fall, you know, and I love it. I love it. Do you live in Vegas now? No, I don't live in Vegas, but I, I could say I got like a little bit of a residency here. Okay. And uh, is there any particular reason for that? Just checking out boxing gyms, staying in shape. That you you know, I was uh, still and part of always and forever of the best MMA gym that ever has been created. American top team, as everybody knows, down in South Florida. And I lived in Miami, which was an hour away from me. And I would drive there every day, happy as fuck, with a smile on my face, because I thought it was the best training that I could possibly get. So uh, coming out here to Vegas, I, I've kind of felt like there's a lot of really, really good training in Vegas. There's a lot of good boxers here, and, and the lifestyle here is very fitting for for boxing. So um, I've just been coming out here a lot, just trying to get in shape, see what it's like, see what the routine is like, and, and make my decision of where I'm going to go. Um, exactly a year ago, this time, late February, you were getting ready for that fight in Miami, which, you know, you had, and then you retired. I remember we spoke right after, and you said you were pretty much done. Obviously, you're not done. You're coming back, but in boxing. What is the difference between this Jorge and the Jorge from exactly a year ago? Uh, shit, man. The mental space and a lot of the side shit that I was doing, a lot of the stuff that was coming my way, there was monetary, it was good stuff, it was good money. Um, I just cut off a lot of businesses that I had. I sold off, I liquidated a lot of things, and I just want to compete and do my promotions. And that that's something uh, very important to me. And then on top of that, I just, you know, like if I had, if I knew 100 people last year, I know like, 37 this year you know wow so I, i've been coming off yeah i just been cutting off and closing the doors and just i'm a fucking horse didn't just have the blinders on and sprint you know so 
That's it, man. I'm, I'm ready to compete. I'm going to be in much better shape than I've ever been in my life because I've been training already. Like I had a date and uh, I just can't wait to get the date. Wow. And uh, why did you feel like you had to do that? Well, you know, uh, s- several things happened um, like right after I retired, like bad things, you know, like, oh, man, fucking from personal business, e- every which way, family. And, and I got into like uh, like a serious depression because of it, because I-, I wasn't working out at the time when I retired. I was like fucking my head was messed up, knowing that if I don't train, I'll, I'll fall into like a depression because, you know, you need the guys like uh, guys that have been doing this for a while. You need to feel those endorphins, that adrenaline pumping every day. If not, your body slowly but surely starts to think something's wrong, you know. So in the mix of that, I started getting really, really depressed. And then, uh, as as you know, and everybody knows, my my dad had like a little incident where he ended up getting locked up, and that was like the the camel and the horse's back. It just fucking devastated me. I I went back into the courtroom, saw my pops getting locked up again for like fit time, you know, so it's, it's fucking uh, very traumatic, very, very strong, but it shocked me fucking so much to the core. That same day that they locked his ass up, um, I put my running shoes on. I hadn't done nothing for like a month and a week or something, and I went for a long run. Uh, I just ran for like an hour and change until I, I was completely fatigued, and when I came out of that run, I felt so damn good, and, and I had so many thoughts on how to fix the current problems and all these things, and I was like, I don't give a fuck if I never compete a day again in my life. And I mean, because since that day to now, I've trained every fucking day, whether there's something on the line or not, just for self-peace and, and for myself. You know, I did it for 20 years. Why the fuck would I just stop? So the main thing that, that I took away from that is that, man, I need to stay fucking doing my thing every day. No matter what happens, I got my routine. I need to get to do it. And then I'll do the rest of the stuff or whatever the world's asking me to do. But I need to wake up and train. That's that. That's golden for me, and that is what led to me getting this boxing match. And you know, I told the UFC, "Let me do these boxing matches. I'll come back and do do another UFC fight down the line." There's a lot of guys that I'd like to take out, maybe some rematches as well. So we're gonna see. Wow, that is great. I di- I didn't know about all of that, and I'm happy that you're on the other side of that. Just curious, um, since you brought him up, how is your dad's situation now? Oh, he's good. He's good right now. He's good. We still got court. You know, he's uh. He's out right now. We got court. We got trial and stuff. But yeah, it was like big news in South Florida. Yeah. Fucking everybody knew where I lived, so I sold my motherfucking house. The cameras came. Everybody saw wow. my backyard. There's like fifty something cops outside of my house. It was a whole fucking ordeal. You know, it was all over the press, the fucking national news and stuff. So it was a, uh, it was like a tough time, bro. But your boy's back, man. Let's go. Okay. Uh, and I can't wait to hear that news. For now, though, it's March second this weekend. In Orlando, if you're not in Orlando, it's on Kick.com exclusively. It's Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA. It's Junior Dos Santos against Alan Belcher for your first ever title. It's the heavyweight title on the line. Alex Nicholson, as you said, we're showing the poster right now against Chase Sherman. And uh, Felony, Mr. Charles Bennett, as I like to call him, also on the card. A lot of familiar names on this uh, once again. And uh, it's great stuff. It's great stuff. I'm very happy for you, and I hope that you can continue this and give these guys these uh, opportunities. It's great to see. Oh, 100%. We got another five to six shows coming this year. So we're going to be in everybody's face, man. You, you're going to have no chance but to, to watch these fights and, and put up with them. And I'm going to keep inviting you to my show, Ariel. I will. <laughs> so you keep lying to no, your fans, telling no. them, yeah, I'm coming in the I next be. one and never show up. I will be at a Game Bread fight this year. That's my vow to you. All right. You said it, man, in front of all your fans. That's bro. right. That's right. They'll hold you. They'll hold you to it, man. And by the way, I love seeing you uh, with action in in Miami. Action Bronson. Oh yes, sir. That's the man right there. I love that dude. Number the greatest of all time. 
That was great to see you two out there. What a freaking legend. Unbelievable. Uh, would love to yeah, see I gotta more. I got to get him out to one of my shows, man. I got to tell him. He's a huge fight fan. He would love it as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah and he knows his shit well. He man. does. He's been watching this the whole fucking time he's been on. Much love to you, Jorge. Thank you very much for coming on. As always, good luck this Saturday. We'll be watching. Congrats on all the deals, and uh, keep it up. All the best to you. Most violent show on earth, March 2nd, Junior Dos Santos versus Alan Belcher, Game Bread, MMA, Bare Knuckle. Okay, Bare Knuckle, MMA, I meant to say. Yeah, Don't yeah. fucking miss out, man. Much love. Let's go. There he is. Thank you, my brother. Jorge Masvidal uh, joining us. And uh, yes, that is this Saturday, so a busy... Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. A busy day once again in the world of combat sports, and uh, it's great to see what he's doing. And seems like he's got something in the oven regarding his own fighting, so uh, let us keep an eye on that. For now, though, let us move along to our next guest, uh, very much in the news as of late in the world of boxing and MMA. She returned to MMA this past Saturday in Saudi Arabia on the PFL Bellator card, and she was victorious. And a lot of people had a lot of thoughts on the performance, and perhaps now she goes back to boxing. We'll find out about all of that and more with the quote, Clarissa Shields, who is kind enough to join us. Hello, Clarissa. How are you? Hey, y'all. How you doing? I'm fine. Doing great. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I presume you are back from Saudi Arabia. Could you tell us, how was it? How was it being involved in the first women's MMA fight in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia? Uh, it was very nice. They were very, like, you know, welcoming. You know, we got there. There were flowers and people had on their clothing and stuff like that. And the food was really good and clean. Um, I enjoyed it. I just didn't get to ride the camels like I wanted, but... I still had a good time. Okay, so overall, a positive experience for you. Yes. Um, okay, so then what about the fight itself? What, what Now that you've had a few days to digest the fight, your performance, how do you feel about what you did out there? Why do you laugh? Why do you laugh? Um, I, I, I feel like the fight should have been a unanimous win, okay. not a, a split, if I'm being honest. I caused way more damage to Kelsey than she did me. I was, very, I was really proud of myself because in my last MMA fight, I really couldn't recognize a takedown, so I was terrible at sprawling. Um, I didn't know that cage fighting even existed, so I won those battles on the cage with, uh, you know, Kelsey. And, uh, I mean, just the punches I was landing and everything, and then I, I watched the fight back. I only watched the highlights. I haven't watched the full fight because I want to let myself bask in my victory, but I know as soon as I see the whole fight, 
I'm going to want to go back to the gym and get better. I mean, I only have two things in a fight that I was like, dang, I wish that uh, I would have uh, that I would have been able to get back up from being taken down the third round because I know how to get back up. It just was like uh, I was doing something wrong and I had my hips flat instead of picking a side. So that's why I couldn't get her off me the third round. But when you're sweating and you're throwing punches and all this different stuff is happening, it just makes your mind start putting all your thoughts together. And I forgot one little detail and wasn't able to get back up. But I feel like the rest of the fight, I dominated. And, you know, the arm bar, I believe, happened in the first round, which really didn't really have uh, too much of an effect uh, on me. How, how close were you to tapping? It looked It looked dangerous for a minute there. Zero. Zero. <laughs> Break oh. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Um, I don't even tap in practice. <laughs> wow. I'm being honest with you. It's not the thing of being a, a white belt or whatever the case may be. Um, I just don't believe in it. I had trained too hard, and the only goal was to win. You know, so does tapping contribute to winning? No, it makes you lose. So that's the last thought that I had. I mean, when I watched the video... I'm like, dang, she had it in there in there pretty deep. She's using all her might. I'm surprised my arm is not is not broken, you know. But um, that just goes to the testament of just that grit and how uh, strong I am and strong and strong minded. And honestly, in the fight, I did have the thought like, dang, she got it. And I'm like, dang. But I was thinking to myself, she might as well go ahead and break it because I'm not going to tap and I'm going to come out here next round and beat her ass with the right hand. What is it like being arguably the best in your field, right? You are, in many people's in eyes, boxing. yes, the number one pound-for-pound pound female boxer on the planet, two-time Olympic gold medalist. Like, you, you do not know what it is like to, yes, to have any sort of, I mean, obviously there's struggles, but, like, when you are competing, usually it's a pretty good day at the office. And then yeah. you walk into something else in your prime while you are still the best, and it's, 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 it's a struggle, right? You you come out on top, but it's mm-hmm. not the walk in the park. What is that like? Because I, we, were just, we were talking about this on Monday, and I hope you understand where I'm coming from. I equated what you're doing now. The best example that I could think of was when Michael Jordan decided to go and try baseball. He was baseball, yeah. he was at the top of his game, and then he goes to baseball, and he's like batting 198, 200, and he's, he's struggling. And then you say, you go back to basketball, and you're Michael Jordan, you're the greatest of all time. This feels the same. You could just stay in boxing yeah. and be the best, and so I'm wondering why, A, you do this and what it's like when you're doing this when it's not as easy as it is for you in boxing. I'm not going to lie to you, Ariel. It's it's hard, you know. Um, it's hard because I'm hard on myself and I have so many expectations for myself and, and, my, and my team has expectations for itself, I mean, for myself. And then it's just, uh, MMA is just different, you know, but... In a weird, crazy way, I actually find, like, some kind of comfort in the whole uh, not being the greatest thing in MMA and knowing that when I win, it's always going to be a surprise to people. Um, it's always going to be something in a fight where it's like, oh, this is this is MMA. This is what she's not good at. And I just feel like at first I was doing MMA to prove to people, like, hey, boxers can do MMA. That's why I was doing it. And that I could win a fight. I wanted to win a fight. Mm. And then I won that fight um, by the third round knockout with Brittany Elkin. And then I fought against Abby and I lost a split decision. But 
in my mind up at first, I was like, if these girls got way more ground game than me, way more experience, you know, uh, way more just everything that I have in, in, in MMA compared to them is less except my boxing. I'm like, why aren't these girls submitting me? Why why aren't they knocking me out? Why aren't they choking me out? And the and the answer I got was because I have potential to be an MMA champion. That's why. If I was just a regular old Joe and um not athletic and not really a true fighter and a true combat fighter, then MMA wouldn't even exist for me. But it's the fact that I am just really a dog and I love fighting. I love the art of war and I'm willing to put in a hard work. That's how I wanted to fight. I put in so much hard work for this girl. She's a purple belt in jujitsu, a purple belt. So I think it goes white, blue, purple. Um, There's brown, brown, black. black. Yeah, I believe. So it's just like for her to be a purple belt and me be a white belt, you know, she, she's still, and then she's also more experienced in MMA. She had three fights compared to my, to my uh, two, and I'm one and one. But she also have Muay Thai fights and have Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fights, and I don't have those things. So I knew that going in here with her was a risk. But I just we worked on my weaknesses. But excuse me, but winning in boxing, I mean winning in MMA, it's it's fulfilling. And then and, and it's funny to me because I feel like in MMA, I have more doubters than I have in boxing. Nobody in boxing doubts me. No. It's a couple of haters here and there. But you seriously going to tell me that it's a girl right now in boxing that can beat me? Nobody can stand on that. But when you say it's girls in MMA who even on a lower level can beat me, people get all excited. Like, yeah, somebody can finally beat her. And then when I win, it just make all of them mad. So it's very satisfying to me when they be punching the air and pulling their hair when I win. Cause it's just like, yes, I worked hard. I won. You doubted me. You're mad. You suck. Why put yourself through this though? Put myself through what? Fighting? No, like, like, I guess the, the thing is, why not just stick to uh, boxing? You're so good at it. Why do you even need this? Um, Internal satisfaction. It's something in me that I just want to... I, I have to be solidified as the baddest B-I-T-C-H. Okay. So it's like, I'm the quote in boxing, and now I want to be the quote in MMA. So I want I feel like to be the quote in MMA, if, if I become PFL world champion... Nobody should say nothing else to me about boxers can't do MMA and MMA fighters can't transition. I don't want to hear nothing because my goal is to be to be boxing world champion. Like right now, I'm undisputed with all the titles. I want to be undisputed world champ and I want to be PFL world champ at the same time. And I plan on going for that in the next two, three years. Your next fight will be in MMA or in boxing? Boxing. Okay, against who? Um, I don't know, man. All these girls chirping, but after I won, they real quiet. <laughs> when would you like they, to they fight? They real quiet. Um, I would love to punch Alicia Baumgartner in the mouth. She, yes. she said she'd fight me at 154, so let's run it. Um, I have a question about... I would love to fight Chris. So, so yeah. before we get to the next one, you and Alicia would obviously be gigantic on 
a boxing, you know, worldwide level, but obviously for Michigan too, right? You, you are both from Michigan. It's a huge deal. She's from Ohio. She's not from Michigan. Okay. I think she reps Michigan, right? Does she not? She 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 wants to be adopted by Detroit, but she's from Ohio. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um yeah. and I see the back I'm, I'm from Michigan. I know. Shout out, yes, shout okay. out to Flint. Uh Flint Town. Uh I see the back and forth and uh you're huge stars. I mean it'd be gigantic, but she typically fights at like one twenty six. That's a huge jump, no? She caught she caught me out. Yeah. It doesn't she called me out and said she can knock me out. So I want to give her the opportunity to do it. Even though right now she's still suspended because she tested positive for PDs. Um, hopefully she's get unsuspended soon so we can send her a contract and we can make a fight happen at 154. That's the lowest weight class that I'm going to. And uh that's it. Same thing with uh I want to fight against Chris Cyborg. I don't know how these girls all of a sudden become start beefing with me. <sighs> out of nowhere but it's like chris like the beef with chris cyborg is probably like the most shocking and surprising than any other beef that i have why because no it's because a guy had some money for me and chris cyborg to fight he was speaking of a fight as big as tyson fury versus um francis Ngannou. right i said i got the perfect person i said chris cyborg amanda nunez is retired mm-hmm Amanda Nunez, like you know, she's retired. So I thought about Chris, and she and she was my friend. I hit her up. I got money for us. I'm like, let's make it happen. She all like, oh, thanks for hitting me up. Like, of course, I'll get back with you. All of a sudden, the money is right. Everything is good. She's crying about the weight class. I already told you what weight class the fight was gonna be at. 154. Why are you trying to get me to come to 147? Then after that, she talking about some shit and knocked me out at 147. She'll do this. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. When I fought against Chris Cyborg in 2018, I took it easy on her. I let her and her team doctor up a video to make it look close. But the first and second round, I beat the shit out of Chris Cyborg. She can't, she, she cannot box. Okay? So it was just like, and then we were supposed to work together more. But after I beat her in sparring, she didn't want to spar no more. But I told her, if you ever need me in your camp for boxing, let me know. You know what I'm saying? Because I'll still come and help you. We don't got a spar. She never, like, she never called me. So for her to be saying she'll knock me out at 147 and power this and power that, Chris Cyborg got power in MMA because you have all those different arts you can use. In boxing, Chris Cyborg, can't, she can't mess with me on the day that I'm sick with the flu. Why don't they do you versus Chris PFL but boxing? I want to see you. I don't want to see you guys in MMA. I want to see you in boxing, and you're both under PFL, right? They have her rights. So, 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 what are you saying? You want to see us box in the cage? Nah, what, screw what, the cage. What, what, PFL what should just put on a boxing event. Chris Cyborg does not want to fight me. She keeps talking about fighting at 147. I've never had a professional fight at 147. Why would I go to 147 no. if it's not for a world title? You know, you mentioned something on Twitter, like. Uh, I think it was on Twitter. Yeah, you said, you know, like, this is so confusing. Chris is in my DMs wishing me luck and then talking smack yeah. publicly. You know why that is, right? No, I don't. Well, I don't know who's writing what, but, like, for the most part, the DMs, the D- and I love Chris and she's a legend, but the DMs is Chris. The public stuff is not Chris. Oh, is it Ray? Yes. Oh, well, look, that would make complete sense. But 
it's it just the fact of like I don't really raise her fiance by dislike, the way for those that don't know. Huh? I'm just telling the audience that raise her fiance for those that don't know. Okay. Yeah, but I don't really have a beef with Chris. I don't really have a reason to have a beef with Chris. Um, if she, you know, we had money on the table, we we could have boxed. We could have did like a Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury type of deal in women's boxing. We could have done that. But if the fight's not at 54, then we just have to date it. But it's the fact of like, don't. That's why I walked up on her up at Radio Row. Because yeah. don't be talking shit online. And then when you see me, act like we cool. Like, I, I walked up to her and I'm like, what's up? Yeah. And then she started talking. Then she's like, oh, I'm too inexperienced for you. Why are you calling me out? Why do you want to fight me? I'm like, first you're inexperienced, then you're too small. And now you're asking me, why, why do I want to fight you? But then you're saying, fight me at 147. Which one is it? Do you want to fight or not? Uh, which fight, if you had you both, both presented to you, Alicia Baumgartner or Chris Cyborg, which one would you prefer? I would actually take both of them the same day if I could. <laughs> if you could, but that's probably not going to happen. Like, which one would you want first? Um, honestly, I would like Alicia Baumgartner first. I feel like she would be the um, tougher fight. She 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 got some skills. I mean, one through ten, her skills were like a four. You know, compared to my ten, but the, she talks like she's a ten. Yeah, she talks like she's a ten. So why not give her a shot? Um, she wants to be a big superstar. She want to be on my level. So. In order to do that, you have to, you know, at least compete against somebody who is worth the damn. Like, to me, her biggest and best opponent was Michaela Mayer, and she didn't even want to give her a rematch because the fight was so close. So I would love to just shut shut her up. The best way, the best way to shut anybody up is to win. That's it. Like, I'm not really, you know, going back and forth with her constantly on – online going live like she done went live and done all these interviews and done all this stuff about me i done made some tweets here and there but now i'm to a point like if like if we're not gonna fight if you're not gonna get unsuspended then i don't think that we should even keep keep entertaining you but if she want to fight i'm not gonna turn down no smoke she can get beat up um, there was a time where i remember both of you speaking quite highly of each other where did things go wrong yeah it went wrong when she called me out just out of the it blue, or did something happen for her to do that? Nothing. A, a guy had a video of five years ago where I sparred him, and I got dropped. His gloves were had on. He had on warm gloves, and he dropped me. Yeah. And the video was just, like, spiraling out of everywhere. So I didn't respond to the video for, like, days. But I got so many haters. People started sharing it, tagging me, and then it kind of got big, I guess. She saw the video. And then when she saw the video, her being my friend, she don't know when she don't know when it happened, when this video came out. So the first part was she spoke on a video and then said that uh and then she called me out and then said that she knew that she she know that she can knock me out with that same punch because he did it. It but at this time, me and her are still friends. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like. I'm seeing all this stuff, and it's not people telling me what she said. I'm I'm seeing everything. I follow her. I follow her on Instagram, Twitter, and everything. So when I'm seeing all this stuff, I'm like, damn, how fake. Hmm. You don't know when this video of me getting dropped even, even happened, but you ain't even calling and say, dang, girl, hey, are you okay? Are you all right? Uh, is this video new? Is it old? Do you need anything? You just went straight to 
jumping on the bandwagon while everybody else was attacking me, you started attacking me. And then she got very disrespectful with the attack. So then when she got disrespectful with the attack, it was like, okay, now what's up? It's beef now. And it's not that, oh, I have a problem with her calling me out, but I have a problem with you being a being a fake friend. So that's why I want you to stay away from me, lose my number. Like, after she called me out, she texted my phone talking about some, hey, um, I heard you, I uh, I uh, see you had two, I had, I had lost two of my cousins in the same week. Oh, uh, one of my cousins um, fell and bumped his head. My other cousin got shot and killed in the same week last month. I'm so sorry. I had two, I had two cousins, you know, died in the same week. Thank you. And they were cousins that were, you know, close to me. And it got to the point where I'm like, I'm not even about to go back and forth. You're like, like I got real life stuff going on. Like I just lost two cousins. She, she, she takes my phone after she called me out. She talking shit online. She, she takes my phone talking about some, Hey, um, boxing is boxing, but, um, you know, family is real and, um, you know, what's your address and can I send you and your family some flowers? Like, what? No. And I told her she can quit texting my phone, delete my number, and me and me and my family don't want no flowers from her. Period. But it's the fact of like, on, like, people just be being like so fake and so phony, but everybody is living for clout now, you know? So, that's where I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I have really no words for her except for fight me. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not going to be antagonized. I'm not going to be uh, letting nobody feel like they, like they bullying me or nothing like that because I don't, I don't get bullied. You know what I'm saying? But it's more the fact of like, you're not going to keep thinking that you can say whatever you want to say about me. And then when I speak back now, now it's a problem. So really, I just want to fight her and be and be her up for her being disrespectful and being a fake friend and and just and, and just leave it at that. Really, I'm being honest. She she has said that she didn't intentionally, you know, take any PEDs. That she's innocent and all that stuff. That the truth will come out. Do you believe her? I mean, is the truth going to come out, or did they? Um, say she was guilty and she didn't, it was in her system, but she didn't take it on purpose. I, I don't really know. Honestly, this is what I want people to understand about me. I was a fan and a friend of her. Anything I said, I meant. She is a good boxer. Compared to me, she's just good. I'm great. But I am saying that me and her have had talks about Vada and about drug testing. You know, and I told her, now you undisputed champ, every fight you have, there should be drug testing because these girls will do anything to just get the W over you, um, over you, it's gonna change their life, you know. So the fact that we had these conversations and she actually had Eddie get her signed up for the drug program that she was in, I don't think that Alicia is actually a drug cheat. Okay. I don't like. Um, did I think it was strange that she walked around on weight? Yes. But also too, if you eat healthy and you work out all the time and you skate or whatever you do, it's possible. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't really look at it too much. But when it came out, I still didn't, like I said, jump on the bandwagon when everybody was attacking her. You didn't you didn't see me jump on a bandwagon not one time. Not one time. But then when it's the other way around, when people are attacking me, she does the complete opposite and tries to get clout. So that's where the respect for her is lost. But I don't think that 
I think she's fake, but I don't think that she's an actual drug cheat. But okay. like she said, let the let the results come out and do the drug testing or whatever they got to do. But by the way, this weekend in Puerto Rico, Amanda Serrano fighting again, uh, three minute rounds. What do you think yeah. of this? Would you like to do this as well? Well, three minute rounds is good. I'm look. I'm so happy for Amanda Serrano. She's finally getting what she deserves—the pay, the celebration, and everything. Like she's a great fighter. Um, women right now fight ten two minute rounds. That's twenty minutes. Yeah. Versus the men twelve three minute rounds, which is thirty six minutes. It's hard for anybody to train for who trained for twenty minutes and fought twenty minutes to just jump and fight thirty six. Everybody can't do that. I think. Um, I applaud Amanda for what she's doing in equal fight time is, is great. I just feel like there should be a way that we work our way up to that. Like we fight um, two 10 minute rounds. We should start doing three 10 minute rounds to go 20 to 30. Yeah. And then once we get used to that, then go 12, three to 36. I feel like that'd be safer for Everybody who has to get used to it and prepare mentally and physically for the 36 minutes rather than the 20. Because I spar three-minute rounds, but fighting three-minute rounds is uh, it just it's just different, I think. But um, everybody can't do it. I know that I can, but everybody else can't. And, and, I, and I don't think it would be safe. But I applaud Amanda for doing it. And, um, and I'm sure other girls will want to jump on that uh, bandwagon, too. By the way, on Monday on this program, we had Ryan Garcia in studio, and he said that he wants to fight Sean O'Malley in MMA. Sean O'Malley, the UFC bantamweight champion. How do you, how do you feel? I saw that. He said. He said. He said three months. Yeah. Ryan, no. <laughs> Unless Ryan has been working the ground game secretly for a year or two, I would not recommend that. And I'm just saying because I want the boxers to win. Yeah. And listen. It, if if the GOAT can't spend six months getting ready for Amanda Nunez and beat Amanda Nunez, Ryan Garcia can't spend three months to get ready for Sean O'Malley. Okay, fair enough. No. Um, by the way, next weekend, Francis going back against AJ, your fellow Olympic gold medalist. What do you think? What do you think? Ooh, what a, what a good fight that's going to be. I'm going to be glued to my TV. Can Francis watching. do it? Can he do it? I think AJ is a very tough test. Okay. And um, Francis show he got some skills, though. And, I mean, if he builds off that momentum and off of what he's seen, uh, what he's seen against Tyson Fury, then um, he can be he can be very competitive. But it really depends on which, which AJ shows up. You know, we have a few different AJs who show up. And I'm waiting for the AJ who fought Klitschko to show back up. So we will see. I can't wait. It's always great to talk to you, Clarissa. I really enjoy it. Enjoy your insights. Um, congrats on the big win. Looking forward to what's next. Thank you. Would love to see you against one of those two ladies. The cyborg fight would obviously be huge uh, in the combat world. So good luck in trying to get a big fight next. And thank you as always for thank the time. You. For sure. Thank you. There Bye. she is, uh, Clarissa Shields. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. 
Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanted to uh, get Rick to uh, ask her a question or two because he's our biggest fan, but we ran out of time, unfortunately. Um, let us not wait any longer before saying hello to our in-studio guest. What a great pleasure it is to be joined by the super king of bros who is uh, going to be competing here in New York, in particular in uh, Queens at the Melrose Ballroom. Yes, it's Intimidation Games tomorrow, February 29th, Thursday. It's Matt Riddle against Big Bad Tito. Is he there? Is the super king of bros there? There he is. Oh, yes. Dude. How are you, man? I'll, I'll lay my wow. titles next to your titles, That's dude. That's amazing. How are you, sir? Bro, Good how to are see you, you, man? Good to see you. Thank you for coming in. Hey, thanks for having really me. Appreciate it. I, I mean, things. In studio. Look at look at this look place, at this, dude. Right? Congrats. Thanks, man. Well, yeah. Been for a while, but I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, yeah. You've been on via Zoom. We've done interviews in person, but never in studio. This is great. You came in, I think, a day early to do this, right? I did. Was that I an did. inconvenience? Well, I came in today, this morning. Okay. But a day early because I wrestled tomorrow. tomorrow. So it's would you usually? come in tomorrow if you're wrestling that night uh i'd probably come in later tonight okay you know i probably would have got in tonight slept got to the show early tomorrow do my thing and uh tomorrow we have a double header so two shows one night is so. it mlw two shows well they do the the tv taping uh, and then they do another show for youtube as well so we're hitting both sides okay i love the know? merch yeah is this little, new this is new, rude dude. Yes. Been, you know, been rocking it. It's a little persona I've been working on. You know, I'm the king of bros, sure, the sure. original bro. Sure. But you know, sometimes when I'm a little feisty, I'm a rude dude. I like it. And you where know? can people get this? Uh, right now, you can get it when uh, you see me okay. in person. Okay. You know, I'm getting a website up, but I don't think I'd be able to handle all the orders. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of like doing things myself, having okay. that hands-on touch. Yes, you yes. You know what I'm saying? And uh, this is, I do believe, the uh, New Japan TV title that you Look just won, that. right? Look at that. Right That's there. Nice. Is that the one? Yes. Yeah, dude. Won this in Sapporo, Japan the other day Sick. against Tanahashi-san, the president of New Japan. So, yeah. Pretty uh, pretty big deal. Yes. Pretty excited, and uh, it was my first time in Japan as well. And uh, wow, that's I, your first time. I know. I've been to China. I've been to Australia. I've been been everywhere. Saudi. Been everywhere else. Never been to Japan. It was definitely on the bucket list. And not only did I get to do it, I wrestled the president, and I won. The television world championship, bro. What is it like wrestling in Japan? You know, it's different. Okay. It's different. It's not It's not the same as wrestling in America. Sure. I feel kind of like MMA. Yeah, quiet, Japan, right? Very Theater. quiet. And then when you give them something to clap about, they clap, they appreciate, and then they're back right. to wait to see what you do next, okay. you know? Which is a little different than WWE because a lot of times WWE, you're like, you're waiting for like, or even in America, you're waiting for uh, the crowd and you feel, and then you go to the next thing. While in Japan, I feel like you gotta make them feel it. You know, they don't guide you, okay. you guide them. Interesting, and what's that one? This is the Combat One World Championship. Wow. Won that the other day as well. So I've just been stacking titles. You know, I figured I'd just bring the collection. I like it. You know, I didn't bring all the other titles I've won in the past. You know, that'd be too much, too much uh, carry on. But this one I could squeeze on my back. So how is life 
post WWE? Life post WWE, you know, I feel like a lot of people would say it's like, oh man, sorry, you know, you got fired, you know. But for me, I feel like it was just right, kind of like, you know, getting fired from the UFC, then finding pro wrestling. I feel like getting fired from WWE happened at the right time. Not saying I won't go back or saying I will go back. You know, there's no no discussion there. But at the same time, you know, I just had another kid, little Matthew. And uh, with the WWE schedule, it's, uh, it's a lot, you know. You know, it's like, granted, you're not getting kicked as hundred percent in the face, but it's four days a week, nonstop traveling and you're never home, you know, mm. like, you know, it's just, it's very rough. And then, uh, having another kid, it kind of, you know, it's not the best way, you know, wish I left on better terms per se, you know, but at the same time, I think it was the right move for everybody. Why was it the right move? Uh, well, I think for me personally, just like I said, the schedule was getting to me. Okay. It's just never home, never had time for yourself, you know, especially when you have a girlfriend and she's pregnant with the new kid and there's a lot of things you got to take care of, but you're never home to take care of them. And now my schedule is kind of busy still, but I kind of pick my moments. Like I can have a week off, you know, or maybe two weeks off and kind of work overtime the other two weeks. Well, before I was kind of just working overtime, you know. You say this uh, with like four months sort of post WWE under your belt. Did you feel that way the day you were told that you were going to part ways or is this something, is this a conclusion that you've come to over time? Honestly, for me, and you know, I probably just from my experience with the UFC, yeah. I thought I was going to get fired a long time ago just because... I don't know. Like when I got fired from the UFC, I was on a four-fight win streak, and then I got fired. So after that, I'll be honest, I just think I'm going to get fired any day, you okay. know, because you just never know. You know, some guys don't, some guys do. So I just, that's how I always played it. And then after, you know, I went to rehab and stuff like that, and I got out, I didn't even think they were going to bring me back. It was mania season. I wasn't on mania, and a lot of times they do the budget cuts right after there. So I was like think it's already chopping block time and that didn't happen then tko merger and then plus my shenanigans you know just acting a fool half the time didn't help things and uh yeah but at the same time like i said i think it was best for everybody and honestly the day i got fired i remember i was and i don't mean this in a bad way it's not like mean i'm not it's not a dig to wwe but it was probably one of the biggest reliefs i've had in a long time because for the last seven years, I was like under contract with them, working very hard. And before that, I was working really hard to get there. And just seven years, I didn't take one vacation. Like they give you vacation, but I always made sure I didn't miss work. And I never, I didn't take a vacation in like seven years. Wow. You know, I think my vacation was my time in rehab. That if you added up all my weeks over the seven years, probably the amount of time I spent there was my vacation time that I earned over the course of seven years. You mentioned shenanigans. Are you shenanigans. are you referring to the incident at JFK? Well, there's well just incident at JFK. What happened you know, there? Can you so tell I would us, say this is September of last year, right? Yeah. What happened? Well, what happened there was we had a tour in India. It was just a one day tour. We flew to India and then flew back from India. <sighs> Right back and forth. I think we got there. We landed. We had a couple hours at the hotel, went to the venue, did the show, then flew back to wow. uh, the States. 
And on the way back, you know, when you fly, you feel some pressure and stuff like that. I thought it was just air pressure. I had a really bad ear infection. And then, of course, you had a couple cocktails on top of that. And then, you know, grab the mic, you know, I'm talking some crap, you know, flights were delayed. It was, it was just a, how would you put it, it was just a perfect storm, you okay. know? But at the same time, like, you know, I feel like a lot of people would beat themselves up, like, ah. Oh. But at the same time, I look at it, I'm just like, you know, I think it was a sign. Like, I was kind of overworking myself. Maybe I hopped back into things a little too quick. And, you know, doing like a four-day tour and then going to India for just like a day and back, it took its toll on me, you know? And I think that those kind of things took their toll on me, you know? Before that stuff came out, you tweeted about an incident with a TSA mm -hmm. officer. I'm not going to go too much into detail with okay. that incident. Is that the same trip? That was the same trip, okay. same incident. And I'll say I talked to Internal Affairs. I talked to the FBI. They... I'm not in trouble, I can assure you that. I'm not gonna go into details with the situation because they asked me not to, unless I want to press charges, and I didn't want to press charges. But that's how that situation was handled. But, uh, but at the same time, if I went and had a couple of drinks, I wouldn't have put myself in that situation and I wouldn't have been there. So at the end of the day, I put myself in a situation I knew I could have possibly got in trouble. And I don't think that's w the reason why I got fired, but I don't think it helps, you know, okay. especially with the UFC merging. And I was going to probably be making, well, I was written in my contract, I was going to make a million dollars this upcoming year, guaranteed, which was a lot more than I was making last year and a lot more than I was making the year before that. So I think there was multiple variables that played into my departure. Plus, like I said, I failed a couple drug tests. This, you know, uh, the, the writing for, for me, at least, the writing was on the wall. I'm very good in the ring. I'm entertaining. Yes. But at the same time, especially with WWE and just uh, like how they want to be perceived, I don't think I was a good fit, at least at the time. You know, okay. it's your first time back in New York since then. No, I've been back in New okay, York since. Okay. I did a signing, like, first weekend of January here. Okay. I, I've heard you mention in other interviews, like, oh, the UFC and WWE coming together, and that wasn't uh, maybe something that bode well for you. Do you really think that they had any type of influence on this decision? I don't I don't think it was. If it, they did, I don't think it was a major decision. I think, uh, I think at the end of the day, it was a complete business move. And one thing I've noticed with all these guys, just like I failed a couple of drug tests, got fired from the UFC. Other people have failed drug tests in the UFC and they still have jobs, sure. right? So I think for the most part, it was a money thing. I think my maybe my value went down a little bit and for the amount they were still paying me or guaranteed to pay me, I honestly think that played a bigger factor in anything. Okay. I think money did, especially I wasn't the only one fired then. You know, a bunch of guys, Mustafa Ali was fired, Dolph Ziggler, Nick Nemeth was fired, you know, uh, Mansoor, a like a bunch of guys that are extremely talented were fired. Like Ali was scheduled for a title match in NXT the following week and got fired the week before. So and it's like, I don't know. I mean, he wasn't at the airport, right, you know, right, right. but at the same time, he also got fired, you okay. know. So I think a lot of it was financial, too, you know, because they're trying to flip it around, make a bunch of money because they might sell it in a couple of years themselves. Um, you, you mentioned rehab. Mm -hmm. it, it it happened in late 2022 going to 2023, and I think people thought you'd be gone for 30 days, but then it came out that it was your second offense, right? And so your, yeah. your, your suspension was longer, correct? 
Well, no. Well, I had two offenses. And but one then, didn't come out? The original wasn't known? What's that? Uh, the original offense, was it not public? Did people not know? No, that? they didn't make any of the offenses public. I think they just wanted to keep it on the hush-hush, which I completely understand, yeah, sure. you know? And they punished me. Like, I got fined. And well, then, Can I uh, ask what it was for? What? what? The offense. What, uh, uh, well, I feel well. You're allowed to smoke weed. I did. I went to the strip club and did some cocaine uh, a couple times, okay. and I, I failed a drug test for that. That was the first one. That was the first one. That, that was, well, that was for all of them. It was cocaine oh. each time, but it was honestly just random nights. And the first drug test I took, the WWE tests you randomly say any week, but sometimes you get tested say at the end of one month and the beginning of another month. Uh, so there was one week where I failed bang bang, didn't know I failed the second one. And by the time I found out I failed the first one, I got two right at once. Uh, so I think that's why they were a little more lenient with me because like, hey, we tested you back to back, you failed both those tests. Okay. And I was like, okay. And I go, hey guys, I wanna show you, no more problems. Hey, you guys can test me for the next 10 weeks every week, whatever. And I did that and I was fine. Didn't fail one test, whatever, didn't do anything. But I thought I was in the clear, went out and partied a little bit and they gave me a random test at my house and I failed that. And shortly after that, they uh, had me go to rehab. Okay, so uh, that's their decision? Like they could say to you, we want you to go? Well, I, I would say it, <laughs> with them, it's they, they can't make you do anything, right? But at the same time, it's like, you know. Please. Yeah, you get, go or, you know, and it's like, okay, I'll go. And I went for the 30 days and I left. And uh, when I left, they make recommendations and they wanted me to stay another 30 days. And I was like, I said, I, I would do 30 days. I don't want to do another 30 days. You know, I miss Christmas. I miss New Year's with my family. It was a, it was a rough, I learned my lesson. Like, yeah. trust me, I don't go out and rage it up anymore like that, you know? And, uh, I uh, learned my lesson and they were like, no, like we want you to do another 30 days. And I was like, well, I want to test, get my black belt because, you know, Dan uh, Daniel Gracie was coming in to do belt promotion and stuff. So I wanted to get my black belt. I've been waiting like 10 years for that. And I had some money because RK bro was very successful yeah. and I cleared my bucket. So I made enough money where I could finally like buy a house. So I bought a house and my aunt had cancer. So I went up oh. to see her after she actually, she's good now, oh. Aunt Mel. Killing yeah. it, you know. But uh, but I didn't get to see them during the holidays, so I was like, "Hey, let me go do these couple things while I leave." And they were like, "Okay." And I did those, and then I went back for another thirty days. Oh my! And then I got out, and then I was just waiting. And this is like a month before WrestleMania, and they're like, "Oh, we don't have anything for you. Maybe maybe Raw after Mania." And I'm like, "Dude, they're gonna fire me." You know? Uh, is that devastating when you hear that? What's that? When, when you hear that they don't have anything for you for the biggest show. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, like at this point, I was like, man, I just hope they don't fire me, mm. you know? And uh, yeah, I mean, it's always devastating. You, the goal in wrestling is like to, you know, yeah. win these championships, to be in the main event, to not be the, you know, not that it's bad to open a show, but if you're main event of WrestleMania, if you're Roman Reigns, you know, or if you're, you know, the Rainmaker Okada, if you're in that spotlight all the time, 
you know, it elevates you, you know, and that's why we work as hard as we do. We try to get to that spot, you know, and at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I remember I, my uh, goal in my wrestling career was to retire Brock Lesnar. And now, did I ever really think I was going to retire Brock Lesnar? Probably not. <laughs> but at the end of the day, me trying to get to the point to do that, I was going to accomplish a lot of things and I have so far and hopefully more. By the way, what is rehab like? Like, is it extremely boring? Dude, it's what horrible. <laughs> Where are you, by the way? What state? Uh, I was in Tampa. Okay. Uh, it was, I, I shouldn't say horrible. They put you in the strip club capital of the world? I mean, it, it dude, seems like a bit of a... <laughs> dude, anytime we left, it would be strip club, liquor store. Like, yes. Yeah, and I'm just like, wow, this place. Yeah. It's a real trigger for yeah, exactly. you guys. You know? uh, honestly, rehab, uh, it was brutal to an extent, I, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I had a lot of fun. You, you know, did? There's a, yeah, there's How? a lot of people in there, and, you know, we're all going through something. It's, like, almost kind of like uh, if you're in the Army and you're, you know, you got a mean drill sergeant, and you're like, oh, man, he's the worst. You know, you guys kind of, you know, group up and you bond. make friends. Yeah, you bond, and you all have a similar, you know, vice or something like that, even if it's something different. You can relate, like you're struggling with something, or usually if you're using drugs, something's not going right in life. Like for me, I was working pretty hard, but I was also went through a divorce, and with my work schedule, I really don't get to see my kids, and I don't get to go up and visit them as much, and this, that, and I feel like I just replaced family with, like, partying on the side, because it's really all the, the only option I had, or at least that's the only option I thought I had at the time. Were you, were you the only famous person? Meaning, like, <laughs> I mean, is it, I don't want you to I, name I names, I, but, like, are you, are you humbled to the point where, like, you're you're wrestling in front of 50, 60,000 people, and now here you are in front of yeah. You know, I mean, I'll say this: I was definitely the coolest guy in rehab <laughs> for sure. The I don't job. know. I don't know how cool that is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I was definitely the coolest guy in rehab, or at least I thought I was, or they thought I was. Uh, I don't know. For me, it was a uh, I. I think I connect with people as well as I do in pro wrestling, even in MMA. It's because I'm real and I'm honest and I am very humble, you know, and I'm not trying to, like, brag myself up. But at the same time, I was there. I didn't treat anybody less than anyone else, and that's just how it is. I just try to keep keep it fair, you know? And, uh, of course, like I said, people are there for different reasons. Some of us are there with our jobs. Some of us are there because we'll go to jail for not going here, vice versa. But at the end of the day, we're all like, like I said, dealing with something. Some people was childhood trauma. Some people was, you know, relationships. A lot of it is like divorces and stuff. People set them over the edge. You know, they don't have that responsibility or they're not allowed to. And, you end up drinking or doing something you probably shouldn't be doing. You know? So now that you're you're independent, right? You, mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want. Do you're not subjected to these drug tests. How do you make sure that you don't go in the complete opposite well, direction? I think it's just the lifestyle choice. I don't want to like feel that way because the thing is also in rehab you just you go over the cons you know and then you actually look at the pros and realize how cool were the pros and it's like. With cocaine, the pros were like, stay up really late and feel like dog shit the next day. And honestly, it wasn't really, wasn't like at the end of the day, was it fun in the moment? Yeah, of course, that's what it does. It right. makes you feel good. But at the end of the day, it wasn't fun. I'd feel like crap the next day. I'd be disappointed in myself and everything else. So it's like one of those things where it's like, I don't really need that.
You know, also, I don't make as much money. So <laughs> I can't, you right, know, right, I don't right. have liquid assets. But uh, <laughs> and the big thing is just I want to look in the mirror and be happy with me. And I felt like even though I was, like, killing it wrestling and I was in the biggest company, per se, making a lot of money for them, it still felt like... I don't know. I wasn't as happy as I could have been. I was happy, but like, and a lot of that was, like I said, my, the ex-wife, the divorce and dealing with all that stuff because it was brutal, you know, especially it's one thing when you deal with that. It's another thing when you deal with that, but you don't have time to deal with that. And like you're traveling and flying and doing this and doing that. And is WWE also in wrestling period, isn't just wrestling. If it was just me showing up to a building and wrestling a couple times a week, easy. But it's the traveling, it's the interviews, it's the promoting, you know, it's being all that, working out, being tan, right. being fit, you know? It's everything, you know, and it's a, it's a lot, you know? Do you think the wrestling lifestyle and schedule affected your marriage? Yes. If you were an but, MMA fighter who was fighting three times a year, max, and you're just training every day, do you, do you think that this wouldn't have happened? Uh, well, I don't think it would have happened the way it happened, but at the end of the day, I don't think me and my ex were definitely really made for each other. And at first, like when we were younger, uh, I think what we met 23, okay. pretty young, fresh out of college, fresh in the UFC, you know, but 10 years later, yeah. you know, and I think that's just people. I think people change, and sometimes people change together. Sometimes people change apart. And I feel like we just changed completely two different directions. Like, I feel like I went from more intense when I was in the UFC, cutting weight, wrestler in college. And even though I was kind of laid back, compared to how laid back I am now and flexible and loose I am now compared to how I was then, well, I feel like she still went that direction. She's definitely way more strict than me and, you know, more assertive than I am, okay. you know? Like I, I, like I said, like, I can't get my kids to do their homework, you know? <laughs> like, nothing, like, I take care of stuff, but, like, to get somebody to do something, it's, like, it's not really my cup of tea. What, what was it like going through that and traveling and being on TV and having to, you know, and your character, it's like if someone's going through that and they go to work and they sit in a cubicle. And you got to smile and yeah. be super happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what the boss wants. Yeah, what was that uh, like? Yeah, you know, it was brutal. It was brutal because I just had to smile and just What time frame was this? Like what, uh, just trying to like line it up with what we were The seeing. divorce went on for a while. Oh, okay. It was like probably like... Shortly after me and Randy started teaming up, that's when it happened. So during maybe the greatest run of your career, you're going through this. Basically, this How did is, you... basically, I don't, basically, I got offered a new contract for a lot more money. It was for, I went from like making like a quarter million a year to making guaranteed half. And then the next year, 750, then the following year, a million. And it was like five, five, 750 mil. And the second I got that contract, I don't think it was about a month or two later. And she, I came home and she's like, I want a divorce, this, that. She said, I want you out of the house. And literally I got my stuff, said sorry to the kids. And a week later, my, my kids hit me up and were like, why is a Zach's Pee Wee football coach living here? And it was 
My son's peeve, Coach Rob. Nice guy, though. Nice guy. <laughs> I know. See, pretty uh, flexible. Yeah. UFC, man, probably would have went a little right. nutty. But this guy, I'm like, hey, Coach Rob, nice guy. He's a teacher. He's nice to my kids. He lives there. My ex-wife and him are together now. But that was, like, literally a week after. So that probably was going on for a minute. But I was traveling and always gone and, you know. Do you have regrets? No. No. You can't. I don't. No, I can't. I feel like, I mean, I guess anybody could sit back and be like, man, if I would have just done that, if I could have done that with the UFC, man, if I just didn't smoke pot that yeah. day, I probably would have passed that last drug test, you know? And with WWE, it's like, hmm, what what could I say? Because I feel like there's a lot of things, hey, if I didn't date this girl, oh, I wouldn't have to deal with that. Or if I didn't, you know, party that one night with this, you know, porn star, I wouldn't have failed that drug test. But damn it. You know, and I don't have any regrets because I made those decisions. I live with the consequences or the fun or the not fun, and you learn and live from it. That's all. You, all I. That's all I can do. Sure, sure. You know, I just. It's just amazing because, like, now knowing you were going through the best, like you were on fire, right? I mean, you're like mm -hmm. Allegiant Stadium, SummerSlam, yeah. all that stuff, and like in the highest of highs. Yes. For sure, because there's, like, people can say whatever. There's no higher high than, like, winning, especially in front of a crowd, having 50,000, 60,000 yeah. people screaming, chanting your name, doing your, you start banging on the mat, they start banging on the mat, you know? And then you go backstage and real life Just kicks hope in. your cell phone's not littered with abusive messages and stuff like that, yeah. I remember also, you know, it's crazy because when I remember when you first came into WWE, I think you were supposed to debut that oh, night, oh, right? Oh, and then yeah. you were accused. Sure was. That eventually has been dropped. That yeah. got dropped in 2021. There are other women who have said some things about you. Do, do you, why, is it, is it a case of putting yourself in the wrong spot? I, like, like I said, I put myself in wrong situations. I shouldn't even say wrong situations. I put myself in situations with the wrong people a okay. lot of the time. You know, even those other situations, granted, at the end of the day, I make the decision to either hook up with somebody or party or whatever. But I could also not like not go to the strip club, right? Avoid a lot of that. You know, maybe not date certain people, you know, because maybe the chick that works at Sunglass Hut with like two kids, you know, maybe you just think you're having a good time. Maybe this chick thinks you're the sugar daddy and is gonna try to lock you down. And when you're just like, oh dude, I thought we were just having fun. Now here comes the shit storm, you know? And there's nothing you can really do, especially, and when I was younger, I never thought of it like this. I was like, oh, dude, like, hey, if you get successful, be careful. People try to take you down. You always hear this coming up. Yeah. And you're like, who the hell would do that? Like, I'm a nice guy, this, that, and the other thing. And, dude, and think about it. Before I got to WWE, before I started making money, none of this happened. None of this stuff was a thing. The second I started making money, and it's clear and evident, I'm on TV every week. Floodgates open. Do you so, feel like you have been sort of branded unfairly or labeled unfairly as? Well, I've been labeled unfairly. If it depends on how you label me, you know, yeah. because there's certain labels I'm definitely not, you know. But at the same time, it's like we kind of live in a time where people don't wait for facts. You know, it's kind of like. Uh, 
I don't know how you say it. It's like people just look for that like clip of a headline. Kind of like when I fought in the UFC and uh, I got interviewed on a radio show and my kids are banging on my door and you know, and my wife was supposed to be watching them and then people are like, what's that noise? And I go, oh, my kids are banging on the door. I go, this is why I smoke pot so I don't beat my wife and kids. Huh. Completely sarcastic. The whole podcast laughed about it. Next day, New York Times writes, UFC fighters smokes weed so he doesn't beat wife and kid mm. oh my god uh, you know the other day i made a comment about i'm not gonna say it's not true or it's true i said vince mcmahon's a maniac now the whole saying was hey i mean did you see what vince used to do on tv i mean he's dropped the n-bomb on tv and done other things that are extremely questionable right you know that's maniac behavior i didn't say anything in his personal life i don't know him in his personal life i just know what he did on tv and sometimes you know, those lines blur a little bit, you know? So, but everything is taken out of context and they'll take one snippet or one thing and if they can get something to bite, especially these dirt sheets, if the guy's selling ad, you know, ad space and they can write an article that gets 100,000 clicks, that's money. And they know with me, it's not too hard to do that. You can write something controversial and people will click on it. You know? and, and so you just had a kid. Congratulations. I did. Thank are, you. Are, are you married? Not officially married. I don't know if I'm going to officially get married. Might, you know, might buy the ring. I love, you know, I love Misha. And uh, we might do a ceremony. But I don't know if I can legally, after dealing with the divorce I already did and all the paperwork and everything that goes in with legal binding marriage, you know. I do love, like, I'm with my girlfriend, Misha. Uh, I love her to death. I would do anything for her. We How have a beautiful meet? little baby. How did you guys meet? Uh, she, she slid, just like most of these girls, she slid into my DMs. Oh, my. Because I am not the aggressor. Oh, my God. These girls, these girls come to me. So she, yeah. she slid in and just said, hey, what's up? And then... Uh... Well, one of, the, one of the exes was making up some stories, saying how I wanted to be a porn star, which isn't true. If I wanted to be a porn star, I could go do it. I could do it. <laughs> yes. Give her a dude, you know? Might as well tease it, though. Yeah. Uh, but so she hit me up. She read the article or somebody showed it to her. And he goes, hey, if you're ever interested, I produce and direct. And I was like, oh, I'm flattered. But that was an ex. I'm not doing that. Whatever. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, if you change your mind. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, oh, well, if you ever want to come to a wrestling show, let me know if, you know, if we're in the area. And I was in California. She lives in Reno. And she made the trip. And that was it. Do you uh, do you like starting over with you know your kids are a little bit older and now you have a newborn? That's <laughs> bro, I was almost done. Yeah, no, yeah, you but rewound you never the done. tape. You went yeah. all the way to the beginning. I had yeah, my girls are going to be fourteen. I got twin girls that are going to be fourteen this summer, and I have a son who just turned eleven. Yeah, and now I have a son who's not even one yet, yeah. and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, starting over it is different. But uh, at the same time, like, I don't know, like the relationship I have with my kids, like my kids love me, I love my kids, and uh, I always take care of things, I'm dad. So, I don't know, I feel like the mom's there most of the time, especially with my schedule even now, I'm still not as, around as much as I'd like to be, mm. you know? But uh, it's definitely different, I'm older, I have more money this time. When I was in the UFC the first time, having twins with zero dollars, and. Living fight to fight, that was brutal. So now I, 
I have a home. I have a couple cars. Yeah. Modest, you know. They, I got car seats. Nice. I can drive everybody around, you know. Uh, yeah. So I feel like I'm definitely way more prepared this time around, and uh, I'm happy about that because the first time was quite the struggle, you know, which also puts stress. You know, I talk about how me and my ex grew apart. Part of it is like having three kids when you get fired from the UFC and everything else, and there's a lot of blames and this and. It's, it's rough, you know? That's why, like, I don't want to put any shame or hate on my ex because I think she's just doing the best she could, just like I was doing the best I could at the time, you know? But we never got to see the conclusion of the RK Bro story, right? No, we have not seen the conclusion. Oh, we have not. So you say that in present tense. Well, I, I look at it like You this. never know, right? It, you never Punk know. Punk came back? You know. Punk came back. Other people have come back. And I also say this. I'll never say a bad thing about WWE. I made a post the other day being very happy about this championship. And uh, I wrote, grass sometimes the grass yeah. is greener on the other side. And I said that not as a dig, but... Where I was with the company in WWE, granted, my bank account was flush. They were paying me very well. But create, creatively, I felt like I was kind of plateauing. I felt like making money for them, I was plateauing. And it just, I just, you know, and you see it with a lot of guys, you know, like they get to a certain point and I just, I was still happy, like I said, but I still felt like I had more to give and I wasn't able to give. It wasn't needed from me. It wasn't asked from me. And I was still benefiting from it financially really well, you know. But uh, but to be wrestling the president of the company and come in and get to go somewhere like Japan where I've never been. And I just went to Sapporo. Probably next time I'll be in Tokyo and everywhere else, you know. So it's like. I don't know. It's like, like for me, that was a big deal. I was big into pride growing up, and I always wanted to perform and compete in Japan. So getting to do that, that for me, that was the grass greener on the other side sometimes. You know? could, could I ask like what the plan was? How, how was the story? There was always a thought that he was going to turn on you, right? Oh, with Randy? Yeah. Well, there, there was a couple. There was a couple ideas. The, the, I would say the first one that was pitched was eventually Randy turns on you, you know, you guys have a feud, whatever. That was originally what was supposed to happen when we first started teaming. There you go, hey, we'll have you, Riddle beat you, like a quick one, and then we'll have you team up, you team up, and then Randy will turn on you after you guys lose a match, RKO you punt you or whatever, set up for a match at Backlash, mm. because it was WrestleMania Backlash. And we wrestled, we tagged, and we just hit it off, and the crowd was really behind us. And for some reason, whenever I join random tag teams, that seems to be a thing. I don't know if it's my personality or my teammates, but me and Pete Dunn did it, me and Randy did it. But then once we started teaming up, we just kept it going. But the original plan was for him to turn on me. But then when we got to the end of it, and I, this was my suggestion and talking to everybody in the office and even uh, Randy, and Randy agreed, was the smarter idea would be probably if I turned on him. Because Randy wow. being a legend that he is and me just being a baby face, even though if Randy turned on me, he's a bad guy thing. He's a legend. He's Randy. He's done more pay-per-views, more Raws, more this. He's done more than, like, everybody. He, like, everybody, like, even if you boo him, you, like, love to boo him, right? So I'm like, guys, like, me trying to get, like, sympathy 
when Randy's beating me up isn't going to work. They're just going to cheer Randy beating me up. Now, if I attack Randy when you guys aren't expecting it and I hurt Randy and I take him away, the crowd's going to be really mad at me and I'm going to get, like, nuclear heat. And we have good chemistry and the story will play out as it shall. Not win or lose. I I had no idea with that. But those were the two ideas. Granted, those are, like, the only two options Sure, sure, sure. I never even considered the other idea, which I like way better. You because know, it was see that was unexpected. something I would pitch, but I wouldn't pitch directly to Bossman. I would pitch to like producers and uh, writers, and then eventually it comes. Who's Bossman, by the way? Is that Triple H or Vince? Well, back then it was Vince and Triple H, but Vince was the head honcho then. And then at like the end of my stint, Triple H was head honcho. Seeing Randy back now, he looks in tremendous he shape. He looks amazing. Do you, do you hit him up? Do you, do you talk I to do. him? I do. I stay you guys in are still... touch with him. Okay. You know, he messages me. I message him. We try to get on the phone, but if you know me and if you know Randy, yeah. that's <laughs> it's hard to get me here. You yes, know I, know, I know. Yeah. I know. Because I think initially he was like a little bit lukewarm towards you, right? Yeah, very. Okay, very. But, but didn't like me at all. At all? Not at all. Uh uh, yeah, even I remember, even when I was in NXT, like he would make comments, and then I had uh, when we, I won the tag titles with Pete, he was like, "I still don't like you, but I get it." And he he said like, that to you. He said that via Twitter, wow. and then I finally see him in person. And when I see him in person, I'm stoked to see him. I'm like, "Oh, dude, it's Randy." But he seemed seemed busy. You know, he's talking to <laughs> some of the boys, so I'm like. You know, I walk by and I give him a nod. And he, uh, I guess there was an A&E thing he, we did, and he talks about it, how I give him the nod. And he was like, what a piece of shit, basically. <laughs> like, why didn't he come up and shake my hand? And, uh, and like, you know, he's in wrestling, you know. Yep. You do the thing. I'm not hard up. If you don't shake my hand, it's okay. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the guys that have been doing this for quite a while and had parents, like, these generational, yeah. you know. So it's like. They're big on that respect and the little things, you know? So, uh, yeah, he didn't like me when we first met. But I, I have a tendency to grow on people, yes. you know? And, and uh, who were, like, your guys backstage or on the road? Who did you really kind of I was I was big, uh, big friends with the Judgment Day, you know? Okay. All of them. All of them? Know, big, big friend of Austin Theory. I, I had my road dogs, people I'd ride with, travel with. But I would say I was friendly with, like, every single person. You know, even the people that, like, hate me, you know, or I hate them, we were all friendly, you know? The only times we weren't friendly is, like, when my ex made comments about their girlfriends or whatever and whatever. But when it came to me and everybody else, like, I think that that's one misconception. I feel like people think a lot of people hate me in wrestling, but... In fact, I go into every locker room. Everybody likes me, or at least they're nice to my face. At least well, every, it's the UFC background. Every know? interview you do, people ask you about Goldberg. They ask you about Brock. So I feel like those are so uh, pronounced that yeah. you get this. But overall, you're saying you had a good relationship with yeah. everyone. Yeah, Even like, you and Seth, how did it end up? That was uh, yeah. Me and Seth, I would say this like Seth. I don't think we would be friends. Like, I don't think we'd go out for drinks or dinner or anything. But at the same time, when it comes to like sharing a locker room or being on a bus or a plane or whatever, we got along very well. And when we put matches together, Seth's extremely talented. I'm talented. And we could put matches together very well. You that, know? The, uh, the build up to Extreme Rules, that was, that was a playoff of DC and, and Jones, sure right? Was. We took it right out of the playbook. Was that your idea? 
as the MMA guy? I don't know if it was my idea or Seth's idea. It might have been Seth's. It was fantastic. I, I remember, or maybe it was mine, but somebody showed it to me first and was like, hey, what would you think? Because we're doing this. And I was like, oh, this is perfect, you know? Did but you feel yeah. comfortable bringing your family into it? Well, you know, for me, I think the thing with that was people talk about it. And with pro wrestling, what we do in pro wrestling is, even if you're not a fan or you are, I try to, I try to blur those lines. So if I'm in the ring, I try to hit you but not kill you, you know? And then when it comes to promos, I want to say something that doesn't offend you really because I don't want to offend you in real life, but I want them to think I offended you and you want to kill me or vice versa and we're just at each other's necks. And for me, people knew me and Seth had some kind of real beef, which wasn't real beef, you know? It was like my ex talking trash and I went up to Seth and apologized for her saying that and wished him and his beautiful family the best of luck and enjoyed because he had a couple weeks off. I like, go enjoy your time with your family, you know? But uh, what were we talking about? Uh, the DC Jones recreation, yeah. so bringing your family bringing involved. Bringing the family yeah. For me, I felt like to blur the lines and get them very invested, that was the best way. And when we were talking promo stuff, there was no zingers. Like, hey, like, what can I say? I could say something about you and Becky or this or that, but feels kind of stretched. And I go, you know what you could say? And it's like, why would you call me like a deadbeat dad and the loser who abandoned his family? Damn. And it's like, oh, are you sure? And Triple H is like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, because I know, like, because if I didn't suggest that and you said that, I'd kill you. Mm, right? Right. So, plus it's further from the truth. Right. But perception, you say that you're going to infuriate me, I'm going to hurt you, you know? And everybody at home, doesn't matter if it's a kid that has parents that are divorced or a divorced dad or a divorced mom, they hear something like that, everybody's like, oh, no, mm. like, he crossed the line. But we talked about it, and, and at the same time, it's real. It's still real to me, but at the same time, like, how do I get emotion? How do I get mad at this guy? How do I get that? And sometimes in wrestling, just like when we hit each other, sometimes it's good to hit somebody for real because that's how you look when I hit you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't look good when you hit, you know? And same thing with a promo. Like if I say something that's really not offensive and I act offended, that's one thing. But if you say something really offensive and I want to like rip your head off, you can see the difference. It's real. So that was my take on it. And Seth was with Cody Rhodes before that, who tore his pack. I was with Randy before that, who hurt his back. So we were looking for a way to throw us together and not just force it. We, and me and Seth wanted to get mileage out of it. So we got SummerSlam, we got Clash at the Castle, and we got Extreme Rules. How did you think uh, DC did as special guest referee? It's not. I'll start it off. With this. No disrespect, DC, and it's a tough it's, job. Yeah, he it's just got thrown in job. there, right? It's a tough job, and they, you control a lot of things as the referee, especially in this match, because he had to do a standing ten count hmm. or like a you know. But in fighting, one, two, three, right? It's quick. Pro wrestling, yeah. take your time, <laughs> like. One, you know, two. Yes. DC was counting very fast. Fast uh, counter. Okay. For pro wrestling, for MMA, I think he did great. For sure. pro, uh, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, knocked it out of the park. 
for pro wrestling, main event pro wrestling matches, you counted a little fast. Okay. But I remember like Seth and me being like, slow down, uh-huh. slow down, you know. <laughs> but uh, but he he was awesome, dude. It was, it was he he was a great addition to that match. That was like too. a lifelong dream for him. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but I did the the voiceover for the package. Yeah. For the pre the I pre-med. do. That was insane for me too. It was. They, sick. they asked me to do it, and I was like, mm, I don't know if I. And then I did it, and then I remember watching it because I grew up a huge mm-hmm. wrestling fan as well. And I was like, and they they make my voice sound a little bit better and a little bit deeper, and a little. And I was like, holy shit, I got the WWE. Like they, no one does pre match packages. You got like the them. machine behind you, dude. I got the dude. machine. It was <laughs> a good feeling. Machine. I have to admit, it was a pretty damn cool feeling, and especially your connection to MMA and DC being involved. And I like Seth. It was wild. DC maybe like the 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 pants. Like he looked a little bit like. You know, like he. Uh, <laughs> what are you trying to say here? Well, you know, he looked like a, like a Footlocker employee. He did look yeah. like a Footlocker <laughs> employee, but that's just thou. Sure, sure, you yeah, know, no, of they were they, the referees there. Sure, sure. You know? What is the difference between backstage when Triple H is is the head, the lead, and when Vince is the lead? Huh. Uh, with Triple H in control, a lot more control in the sense of. Uh, Things are organized. Things usually, at least when I was there before I left, things were, they were scheduled for this unless something catastrophic happened or somebody got injured or something's not going to work out. That's what's happening the next day. They write it. It's actually happening. With Vince, and I, I don't know, I feel like he did it on purpose because like, I, I don't know the method, but, like, there would be a show. You'd get a script on, like, Sunday, and by Monday, nobody knew what they were doing. The show was being completely rewritten and stuff like that. Now, like I said, I haven't been there in a while. Maybe that's happening again sometimes because things do happen. But with uh, Vince around, it was like that probably every week, just a little chaotic. But I almost felt like he did that on purpose because I feel like when people know exactly what's going to happen and you're doing live TV and you're trying to get passion and like that energy, but you kind of get it set in a pattern because you know what's happening, this is happening, and you get used to it. Well, I feel like if you don't know what's going to happen and it's changing all the time, what do I say? What do I say? You're, all, you, you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Like you're firing off at like all your cylinders are gone. Well, like you kind of get in a comfort zone if things are too planned. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even with a wrestling match, like if you plan everything out and you'll see it, like you'll see guys like and it looks kind of like too choreographed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you watch a match for like they probably called it, but it might be a little finicky. That those are usually the better matches because it's not perfectly smooth. Things look rougher and tougher, and then they still execute them well. Okay. You know? Um, I'm sure you've seen the accusations. Uh, brought I've, upon Vince. I've seen, you've I've read. heard. Yeah. What, what was your reaction and what is your reaction to what you've seen and read? Mm, well, some of the things I've read are pretty disturbing, you know, if true, you know. And, uh, but at the same time, like, I've read the text, which are, can be considered kind of disturbing in a way. But I, the hard part for me with all this is like, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it's just, it's a finicky area. It just seems like he ends up in these situations. There's always large sums of money involved. And it's just, I don't know. I have no idea. 
like I said, I know my situation and how it was. So, like, for me, I feel like that's how I feel about situations just because that was my experience, like, being falsely accused of something. You're just like, uh, you know? And so, like, I don't know. Maybe he's falsely accused. But those texts, there's a good amount of texts. It's, like, pretty big trial type situation, a lot of money involved. NDAs were issued and signed at one point. Oh no. There's there's a lot of lot of red flags for sure. Uh I don't think it was great. I think uh, there's a lot of red flags in professional wrestling, period, you know? I think there's a lot of red flags in Hollywood, period. And it's not a knock on Hollywood or professional wrestling. I just think when you run billion-dollar industries that are basically fueled by athletes or good-looking people or actors or entertainers, and how do you choose said entertainers, and et cetera, there's just... There's a lot of room for mess, you know? And for me, like, I know, like, with WWE, like, my situation, sending me to rehab, doing it, they did, and I won't say anything bad, they did the best they could and what they thought was best for me, you know? I honestly think that. I think they thought putting me in rehab throughout the holidays for that the remainder of that year, they thought that was the best thing for me. You know, I disagree. I think maybe the first month, take the holidays, but, like, to have me in there another 30 days was a little rough. I think you overdid it. But, hey, I get why you did it. You're protecting yourself. You're protecting your investment. And you're looking out for me at the end of the day. I think nine times out of ten, WWE did the right thing, but there's still going to be a couple bad apples, you know, and I don't, you know, I don't know what to say, but just like I said, in any entertainment, it's it's a weird line. Like, how do you, like, interviewing people for the UFC, how you got to where you were when we first met, when I was, like, it's a weird game. And then to get kicked out, then come back in, now be where you are, and it's, yeah, yeah. Right? It's, no, it's wild. It, entertainment's a weird world to play, and it's like a lot of politics and navigation. And I don't know. So, but like, I feel like WWE does the best they can. I feel like MLW does the best they can. And I feel like New Japan does the best they can. And that's why I like, you know, try to align myself with, you know, these companies. You know? Was this something that, like, did you ever hear about uh, this relationship, or were there ever talks of it, whispers, rumors about him doing stuff like this, even some of the other accusations. Like, did the, the boys in the back know about never, this? I've never heard anything about Vince. I've seen certain people, I'm not going to mention names, but I've seen certain people make passes at certain female talent by saying, come to my locker room, or et cetera, kind of like that creepy kind of mm-hmm. thing. And the at least the woman I talked to didn't go and was above that. She's a stallion. And was like, I'm not doing that. And that, but like, like here's my number. Come to my locker room mm. now. And that's where it ended. But it could have escalated. Sure. And if that person was in fear of their job or wasn't as over as they are, they probably would have went there because they didn't. You know, what am I supposed to do? Damn, I probably would have went there. <laughs> you know, like I just need the job. <laughs> you're you're one of the few people that knows about the relationship of you know working with ufc and wwe yeah uh do you, do you think this is good like you can make the case that you know two years ago vince was accused he he found his way back right mm-hmm. i don't know if he could find his way back anymore given given the state of the company and who runs it now and that it's public i, I feel like you know tko is public entity yeah. I, I feel like this this is it 
this is the end. If if all this is true, this is the end. If it's true, then yeah. If the if it's true, then yeah, it's it's over. But I'll say this, even if it's not true, and I think this is the one thing that kind of stinks, and it doesn't because if it is true, good, but it's like even if it's not true, I don't think he's coming back. Mm. You know, like even if the purge, the woman was like never happened, he didn't do anything, it was all sham. No, I think the damage is done. That's why the NDA is for signing in the first place because the amount of damage it could do, you know? And I'll be honest, I've never, and maybe granted people talk crap on me all the time, but I've never had anybody sign an NDA because I've never done anything to warrant an NDA mm. or to think an NDA. I don't know, maybe I should have had it, but, but like I've never, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. I, I Like I said, I don't know his private situation. I personally don't see him coming back. I, I don't see him coming back. Okay. It's, I think, in 2024, Vince isn't coming back. We're starting to see blurring of lines. Like we saw Michael Chandler. I don't know if you saw this on mm-hmm. Raw, cutting a promo on Conor McGregor. Yeah. We're seeing WWE guys at UFC. You, do you think this is good? I, I, I like it as a fan of both, but I see some fans telling me like, no, I don't want these two entities to touch each other. And in particular, the UFC guys to, you know, cut promos about real fights on Raw or SmackDown. How do you how do you feel? Do you understand where they're coming I, from? I think, honestly, it's good business for everybody. It's kind of like... I get it. They're two different things. They cohabitate, you know. Honestly, I feel like pro wrestling, you watch it when you're younger, you grow out of it, get into MMA, and then you fall back in love with pro wrestling. It kind of has that (laughs) shelf life. And I just feel like it's great for everybody. And a lot of, like, people don't understand, a lot of pro athletes, football, basketball, baseball, MMA fight, like, love pro wrestling. Like, they love the fun. They love the spectacle, the fireworks, the showmanship, the titles, you know. So I feel like it's awesome. I think it's great great and you're still gonna have those fans just like when logan paul comes out and wrestle people boo him but it's like dude the guy draws if he didn't draw he wouldn't be there they wouldn't just give him that spot you know so there's 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 a reason why co-promoting like why you're gonna have uh what is a bad bunny yeah. come out and hit oh, me yeah. with a Canadian destroyer. It's like, because the guy's like the highest selling Latin yeah. pop star in the world. You know, you might not know him here in New York city. Somebody does though. No, nah, man, sure. he's like, gentle. yeah, he's, 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 were you blown away by him? Hmm? Were you blown away by him? I was you, blown what away. What do you mean? Meaning how good he was. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys helped him along the way, but yeah, like, well, I'm pretty good friends with, uh, his, uh, first tag partner, Damian Priest. Yeah. I, I did mania together. Then they had the street fight in yeah. Puerto Rico. Uh, so I felt like I was, I, you know, I had tabs on him. I knew how good he was excelling. So, but I think for the amount of time and he put the work in, like he showed up and put the work in. And at the end of the day, I try to tell people, if you put the work in, if you put the time in, like. It's usually like you usually succeed. Like yeah. if like so Bad Bunny came in, worked like multiple times a week on top of his busy schedule, like fly in, fly out, whatever. And yeah, it showed, you know. And was he is the best wrestler on the show? No. But at the same time, for somebody who's only been training a couple months to do what he did at the level he did it at the show he did it on, it's crazy. Are you impressed with Logan? Very. I'm impressed with both the Paul brothers. Jake's yeah. knocking people out boxing. Logan's, be- I mean, he- Logan did beat Dylan Danis. You he did, know? yes, he did. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> a huge win. Yeah, huge, yeah. huge win. Uh, I actually like Dylan. I like all yes, of them. Yes, yes, like, of course. But, uh, 
But yeah, I I like Logan and pro wrestling. I think, but that's what I'm saying. Like I wouldn't mind seeing Dylan Danis on a pro wrestling show yeah. card, just running his mouth, talking trash because people want to see him get punched in the face, right? Or some people want to see him break somebody's arm, you know. And I feel like there's a lot of, and I think a lot of times, especially I feel like if MMA guys are getting worked up about, it, they shouldn't. Because one of the main reasons I pro wrestle is there's money in pro wrestling. Right. I can work three or four times a week and get paid four times a week. MMA, you're going to get paid once, three, twice, maybe three times a year, four times a year when you fight, you know? And trust me, like, it takes its toll. It's hard. Fighting fighting's brutal, and the pay scale is even more brutal, you know? Well, pro wrestling, this weekend I'm working four times. Wow. I'm my rates. I'm not going to give my rate out, you know, yeah, yeah, taxes yeah, yeah. and sure, stuff. Sure. But yeah, like, if I do well, you know. Do you watch the current product? Do you, do you keep tabs on WWE or now that you're I, out? Yeah, I keep tabs on WWE. I see, I see what's going you on. You like the man. Cody Rock thing? What do you? What, what would you do if you had the the pencil? If I had the pencil, yeah. I would make Cody. Uh, I'd make Cody wait at least another year or two. Really? Yeah. Holy smokes! Because why? because if Cody wins the title, the story's over. Now what? Oh my gosh, it's over. So you would do Rock Roman? You I would Roman. do Rock Roman. I'd even, but this is what I would do this year, and hopefully they do it. What I would do this year is I'd have Rock Roman, then Cody versus Seth. Uh-huh. Right, this is what I would do. Yeah, yeah. Then I'd have Cody beat Seth, mm-hmm. but then I'd have Damian Priest cash in on Cody uh, and take it right back. <laughs> so now, but in that sense, you keep the story going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And let's be honest, people oh want to see Cody versus Rock or Roman. Yeah. Anyways, and then you still got Damian Priest and Cody to fight until you want to bring back Cody back wow. to Rock and Roman. So you're really playing with their emotions. Well, you have to. And the thing is, I know the fans just want to see it, but that's the point. And yeah. if you give it to them, it's over. That's fair. That's it's fair. over. And like, and the thing is, if I thought Cody would become an even bigger star winning the title and just holding it, I'd say, yeah. But Cody, like, especially when you're a baby face like Cody, it's all in the chase. So the second you have nothing to chase, it's over. Since leaving WWE, have you talked to AEW? Have I talked to AEW? I talked to some people that worked at AEW. Worked. I had a buddy oh. that actually got fired, uh, and I talked to him, but he got fired. I was like, oh. Huh. But no, I actually I haven't reached out to AEW. Uh, all the other promotions have hit me up and reached out. But uh, I think another thing, though, and this is this is just me, not AEW. I don't know their thoughts on me. But uh, with AEW, I, for me personally, I didn't want to go right back to live TV wrestling. And I know with AEW, because just like WWE, there's similarities. You're wrestling on live TV. You got segments. You got your commercial breaks. Some people run heavy. Some people run light. You got to make up time. You got to shorten time here. There's a lot of variables that go into TV wrestling that just aren't that fun compared to pay-per-view wrestling or internet wrestling. You know, you can still be streaming. Right. But even with WWE going to Netflix, I don't think it's going to be commercial free. So they actually like get to like rip you know so but like for me like i just wanted to like say mlw we record it it's on tv it you know but i just get to go Mm. you know new japan pay-per-view style i just go so i don't have to worry about hey get to your dive before commercial or anything i didn't want that stress on top of you know 
Are Java. you a fan of AEW? I am. Okay. Dude, huge fan. I yeah. think it's great. You got, you got Swerve. I used to wrestle with him. You got the Bucks. You got, uh, they just picked up Will Ospreay from New Japan. You know, they got, I think they're going to take Okada too. I believe they got yeah. MJF. MJF, I've wrestled him before back in the day before I even got to the E, but he's great on the mic, great yeah. promo. And, uh, dude, yeah, their roster's sick. And TNA enjoying a resurgence. I know dude, uh, Ali just looking there. good. They got a ton of guys. Yeah. Ton of guys. You've talked to them. But I for now, I think the, you're enjoying the what the, you're enjoying the indie life? The, yeah, the I'm enjoying the indie life. And right now, I'm really focusing more so on uh, the indies, but the two companies I'm focusing on are MLW. I don't have the world title there yet. In New, New Japan. Japan. And do know, they have a working relationship? They have a working relationship. But New Japan's pretty friendly with most companies. So if you work with them, you can usually work with everybody else, okay. you know? Except for like well no, you can probably work with anybody. They're pretty they're pretty good. CMLL too? Yeah, CMLL, MLW, New Japan. Okay. Those, those are the goals. I haven't worked for CMLL yet. I was actually just down in Tijuana. I wrestled in Mexico. Great, huge crowd, like 7,000 people going nuts, hopping the barricade after I won. It was sick. But uh, but there's another company down. That was for the crash. But there's another company, CMLL, that I haven't worked for yet and hope I get to work for soon. Okay. You know? Do, do you, uh, Is it hard? Going from the 60,000 seats, I know you started coming up, you know, on the indies, and I'm not trying to say MLW or NJPW or indies, but, like, some of the other shows that you're doing, there's probably less people. Oh, dude. Is, is, it, is that humbling? Is that tough for you? Well, I think, like you said, I did it already, yeah, so I'm kind of used to yeah. it. And, like, and to be fair, even in WWE, you do somehow shows that are a little light, sure. you know, in random town. So <clears throat> I'm used to that. But uh, the the this is the big difference between... WWE or, you know, a, well, AEW's close, but the Indies has, like, a raw feeling. Like, it's not like, it's like you go to the UFC, UFC's awesome, it's brutal, and then you, like, watch Fight Club. And, like, imagine if Fight Club was real. The right. Indies are Fight Club. Okay. Like, Indies are, okay, where's where's this building? That one by the train station, and you open up like a train door, and there's like 1,500 people there, like drinking beer, going crazy for wrestling. You know, so it's just like for me, like the Indies is just, it's like a more raw environment, okay. but personable. Kind of like, I don't know if you ever heard of PWG. Of course, yeah. So PWG, sick promotion, their venues wouldn't hold more than like five, 600 people. Wow. Those crowds were so electric and insane and just as crazy as 60,000 people. Okay. Also, the difference between 60,000 and like 600, one room, stadiums, whatever, but... 60,000, perfect thing, is like when you're playing to a crowd. If you're playing to 600, you hit your move, reactions quick, right? Mm. It's right there. Spreads like fire. When you got 60,000 people, it still spreads like fire, but it's like move hits. Oh, this wow. is all. Takes a while. On the indies, you hear that this is awesome or holy what a crap yeah. chant right away. While WWE or say even a bigger show like the Tokyo Dome or something like that, if you're going to get a cheer like that, it's going to take a while to form and build. Contagious, right. you know? When you left uh, WWE, I put out a tweet saying PFL should should look at you. 
I don't know yeah. if you have interest. Do you have any interest in coming over to MMA? Yeah, you know, and I or got hit, I got hit up by a couple people. I got hit up by bare knuckle boxing. Okay. And I got hit up by I believe somebody from PFL. I think it was a Dan Lambert. Yeah. And he told me ATT. to message somebody or yeah. they messaged some kind of messages yeah. went by. And they asked me if I was interested. I said, I'm definitely interested, you know. Just you know, the fight's gotta be right and the money's gotta be right. And I haven't heard back since. But to be fair, I've also been wrestling nonstop and doing that because honestly, when it comes to money, it's guaranteed money sure. and I show up and it's there. But I would love to step back in the cage or ring by, you know, some point. I want to do it by have... the end of 2024. You would like to? I would love to. Okay. Yeah. Well, you got a proposition for No, me? but we do, have the, we do have the president of BK uh, coming up. In well, like also, I saw you got Jorge. Yeah, you Jorge. Got mad, you got yeah. mad, though, with the game breed, bare knuckle yes, you interested. I mean, maybe get me, you know, give me yeah. somebody. Yeah, how way, by the way? Steamroll, dude. I'm not saying he does yeah, yeah. the job for no, me. No, I mean, you know, like you know, a bit of a jabroni. Let me, let me shake off the Jobber rest. type. Yes, no, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, how much you weigh? Like, what weight cost? Well, I weighed 211. Okay, so would you be light heavyweight or middleweight? I think you probably, I'll drop down to middleweight. You think middleweight? Yeah. Okay. Depends. Depends on who you give me. Okay. Depends on the 170, no more. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I did. No way, dude. I I have have a theory that Matt Riddle, the pro wrestler, was born. Do you you, you know what I'm going to say? I don't. Matt Riddle, the pro wrestler, was born in Calgary at UFC 149. Mm. I feel like that press conference... I feel like that's when the entertainer came out in you. The, I think is that, that, is that a crazy thought? That, I don't think that's a crazy thought at all. I think that's definitely where like I you started getting it. more confident. Yes, yeah. you know, because even when I watched videos, even our interviews prior to that, I was still like a kid. Yeah, like, yeah I was yeah. still growing up, you know. And I felt by then that was also my first time on a UFC main card. Usually, I was always on the yeah, undercard, yeah, yeah. but a bunch of people got hurt that. Fight that was card a crazy card. I came in. I was, you know, uh, so yeah. But I think I think there's a couple variables, and that uh, I also got uh, what was it? Submission of the night yeah. that night too. So you know, I was I had some confidence going into that one. Oh yeah, but and too then, much confidence. And then I got fired a couple fights later. Yeah. Um, ah. Bret Hart was there. Yeah, he was. You remember that? Yeah, you know who else was there? Big Black. Oh, you know, yeah. Robin That's Big. right. Yes, he was Dude, a huge fan. I know. R.I.P. Yeah, he was you a know? huge fan. Actually, uh, R.I.P. to Virgil. If you know Virgil. Oh, yes, earlier today. Yes, of course. I loved Virgil. Yeah. When Virgil turned on Ted DiBiase, when he was like, I had enough of his shit. You remember that? Yeah. In the in the early 90s. That was a huge moment. Then he showed up with the, the tights, with the stripes. Did yeah. you ever cross paths with him? I crossed paths with him a couple times on the indies. Wow. Is when I was coming up on the indies, Virgil had like a gimmick where he would like set up his yes, table his merch. and yes, merch yes, yes. and overcharge for things. But people paid it. It was great. He was a legend. Yeah. Um, all right. So MLW, Intimidation Games. For those that may not know what MLW is, what's going on tomorrow night? Well, major uh, MLW Major League Pro Wrestling. We're having one of our biggest shows tomorrow. Intimidation Games. I mean, I believe there's like an actual like huge war type scenario. A bunch of dudes fighting, but I kind of focus on my own sure, thing. Sure, sure. You know, MLW is a big company. I'm just a little part of it. But tomorrow, I wrestle this dude named Bad Dude Tito. Yes, but. I don't think he's ready for the <laughs> rear dude tomorrow. And 
I'm putting my New Japan really? World Television Championship on the line. And dude, let's be real, I'm not losing it. There's no way I just got it. Yeah. I just got it. I just brought it back from Japan. I didn't bring it to America just to lose to some na dude named Dude Tito. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm the rude dude. I'm the king of bros. I'm keeping the title. That's that. Any stipulations on this match? Or is it just yeah, there are. So the one thing I like about the TV title is... It can't go longer than 15 minutes. Interesting. So if it does, it's a draw. A draw, okay, and you so, keep the belt. And I, well, I hope, right? Unless well, they have a stipulation before the right, match, right, right. I have too many draws. <laughs> but I haven't had any draws yet. But it's a 15-minute time limit because it's made for TV yeah, matches. Yeah. And usually 15 minutes is the allotted slot for a TV. Okay, and yeah. people can watch it on Triller TV+. Plus. Triller TV+. Plus. Okay, yes. and uh, this is one of many... Um, events and matches that you're a part of with MLW. Oh, yeah. Like, we're, we're doing this one tomorrow, which is the 29th of February. I think we have another one, either the 30th or 29th of March in Tampa. Like, every month. Back every in Tampa. Month. Back in Tampa. Maybe which, no strip clubs and cocaine this time. Yeah, I'm definitely think? not going to go to rehab. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, but I'm not going to go to the strip clubs and, do you know, well, I'll skip that too, you okay. know? You're a father of four now. Father of four. So you got to keep it on Woo, the... Yes, right? Yeah. I love the nails, by the way. Thanks. You know, I was actually going to get them done yesterday. And uh, slow, slow business. I just went tanning instead. No, they, I you can know, see. But yeah, I'll get them done probably tomorrow before the show. Okay. Well, yeah. lovely to see you, Matt. Really appreciate it. Dude, always a this pleasure. This was great. Uh, I appreciate your, your candor and your, your willingness to open up. I love that you're Matt Riddle now, and yeah. I know they brought it back later, but you know that was always yeah. really weird to me that you were just Riddle. Just Riddle. Riddle. That was strange. I felt like everybody was like my high school coach. Hey, Riddle, yeah, get yeah, over yeah, here. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> got a first Whatever name. Whatever to Matt. Uh, but uh, I wish you the best in this new chapter, yeah. of course, at home as well, and uh, thanks for coming in a little early. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, bro. You're the man. There he is. Yeah. Matt Riddle, the one and only. Uh, competing tomorrow, that belt on the line, for MLW Intimidation Games. We'll take a quick break. Here's my conversation with Ryan Garcia Monday, right there. That was a crazy one. Yeah. That was a crazy one. Ryan Garcia, and we'll be back right after this. From Ryan Garcia, how about Matt Riddle? Uh, supremely honest stuff, I thought, and uh, willing to speak about things. Uh, really appreciate that. Uh, it was, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to cover of them, and I feel like I couldn't get to all of it. Um, a lot since we last spoke. I think the last time we spoke in person was prior to that SummerSlam event in Vegas in 2021. And so much has happened since then, good, bad, and ugly. But uh, he comes in there swinging and doesn't really hold back. So hope you enjoyed that. And, of course, the old-time fans will remember him in the UFC. He was a pretty damn good MMA fighter who has transitioned very nicely into uh, pro wrestling. So check out that MLW show if you're around tomorrow. For now, though, before we get to... Uh, Dave Feldman at 340. I got a lot of questions to answer, so let me run through as many of these as possible. Frankie, hi, Ariel. I heard you talking about not getting too attached to singular fighters as a result of your career, and it left me wondering whether there have been specific events slash occurrences in the sport that have elicited extreme emotion from you. My example is that I got quite choked up watching the Korean Zombies final walkout. Um... Nothing. I've talked about like DC's last fight. I got nervous for, but I feel like I've done a pretty good job of separating 
The only time I feel emotionally invested is if I think I can get someone on the show if they win. Like, oh, if this result happens, we have a better chance of getting this guy on as opposed to this result. But I'm not sitting there going like, come on, let's go. I felt some sort of way when Leon beat Kamaru just because of all the shit he had to deal with. And I just so happened to be alone. I do the post show for The Ringer and I was alone. My family was in Montreal and it was literally me and, and my dog, Macha, and I was able to, like, react to it. But that was like, holy shit, I can't believe that happened because it looked like he was done. But I'm not jumping up and down and screaming and crying and things like that. I, I've tried to really separate the two. Um, Frankie adds, I don't know if GC is here. Is he here? Negative. Okay, I'm going to get back to that because it's a, it's a piece for uh, GC. That's 34. Lonnie, what are the chances that the UFC is slowing, uh, slow rolling us on the real UFC 300 main event? And it's actually McGregor Chandler. Guys, you got you a few people asked me about this, and I appreciate the, uh, the willingness to, you know, think outside of the box, but it's not happening. Chandler, McGregor, not happening at 300. I'm sorry. June 29th, I still believe, is the date. I really do. Um, and you see the UFC announced June 29th, so it wasn't like he pulled that out of his behind. That's a real date, which initially you would think like, hmm, International Fight Week, June 29th? But uh, no, that's right. So that's the first piece. Let's see the uh, the second piece now come together. Gilbert, hello, Ariel. I love Monday's show. I've always been more of a casual boxing fan, but lately you can't ignore the fights they've been putting together. Do you think that boxing has been influenced by the UFC when it comes to making big fights? To a degree, yes. Eddie Hearn has talked about this. Oscar has talked about it. Top Rank has talked about it. They have seen the success, fights are getting made, the public has spoken, they want the best to fight the best, and I think not only are the promoters learning from MMA, the fighters are learning from MMA. Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, Tank Davis, all of this helps. It really does. You want to make the big fights, you want to get the people on board, you want the pay-per-view dollars. So yes, UFC, given their business structure, able to deliver on those fights. Meanwhile, boxing was delivering one-sided squash matches. No one wants to see that. That's tiresome. And so, yes, I do, I do think that the UFC uh, deserves a lot of credit. Do you think the crossover between the two sports is beginning to have more forgiveness for a losing a boxing match? More forgiveness for a losing a boxing match. Um, oh, I think what he's trying to say is, there was once a time if you lose a boxing match, people say your career is done. Now I think the fans are getting smarter and realize if you're fighting the best, like I don't think anyone thinks Ryan is done. He lost to Tank Davis. You fight the best, you lose, big deal. Brush yourself off, keep going. Look at some of the biggest stars in MMA. 10-plus losses, who cares? Five-plus losses, who cares? People want to be entertained. They want to see you put it all on the line. They want to see kill or be killed. And then they want to see the reclamation project. They want to see the resurrection. They want to see the comeback. So, yeah, I think they'd rather that than someone who's 30-0 fighting a bunch of no-namers. I think if this happens... It'll be two more. It'll be two more and more big fights. Lastly, will boxing ever get out of the extremely heavily top-loaded pay-per-view cards? I don't know. I mean, you can make a case that UFC is getting a little bit more top-heavy, but uh, other than that, you know, you see these cards in Saudi Arabia. Who knows if that's sustainable? Given the business structure and the way things are broken down, I think you'll always see more top-heavy boxing matches. Another question for GC. He's not there, right? He's back. Oh, he's back. GC, uh, Frankie wanted to tell you, not Mysterious Frank, but Frankie in the Substack, 
Can we get GC to Who, stop me? pronouncing Richard M-I-L-L-E like that? It is pronounced Richard Mille rather than Richard Millet. Oh, Richard Millet. Yeah, I think I think it's a French name. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I'm probably just going to stick with Richard Millet. Uh, Matthew, I appreciate the effort, though. I appreciate it. the same thing. Every time I say Ajax, oh, there's I get, a, uh, I get a huge influx of messages. There was one here. Like, there was one I read. Yeah, yeah. It's it is. Uh, what is it? Ajax. You do you, bro. By the way, uh, Forest and, and United are playing now. I don't know if you know this FA yeah, Cup. What's going on? Oh, halftime. Nil nil. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nils, nils across the board. How are we doing? Yeah, we're doing good, man. Haven't scored a goal yet. Matt Turner back between the pipes. Nils, but uh, yeah. Awani there, Gibbs, Alanga. Yeah, no, yeah, and, uh, what did he say? Ricard Millet? Yeah, it doesn't matter. You say whatever you want. But this is another one, Matthew, got to get said. Who wins in a mile race right now, you or GC, meaning me or you? Oh, I know you run and work out, and GC does his 5Ks and such, so who wins? Let's hear it. None of that wishy-washy New York Rick replies either. No, we no need to know. I'm smoking you. <laughs> I agree you're smoking me. Yes. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a great runner. I, like, what, are you, what are you thinking you're logging right now on a, on a mile? On a mile, yeah, mm, eleven. If I really push, why are you laughing? It's eleven crazy. minutes on a mile—that's the passage you think you could do? No, I'm saying if I'm going out for a run, I'm not do. I'm not trying to beat a time. If I'm just going right, right. at my normal. I'm saying speed. we're racing though. We're racing, like okay, but like I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm not trying to. Uh, you know, I'm also forty-one. Let's, oh, I know. Yeah. I, understand. I understand. Eleven. Why is eleven? Eleven was back? shocking. I thought you were going to say like maybe like nine. Well, Not me trying my hard. I'm just going out for a run. Okay, a I'm, light jog, you're going in a light. If I'm trying my hardest. Trying your hardest, yeah. Like, absolute, but then I don't know if I can make it to the second mile. Like, I'm laying it all out there. That's what I'm saying. We're just talking one mile. Yeah, ma- maybe maybe nine minutes, but I'm telling That's you right now, thinking. you kill me. Yeah, I'm not a runner. I was thinking, nine, nine minutes. Now we get into those, you know... Into, through the ropes in the squared circle, and it's a little bit different. All right, all right. You know, going I to the body, shoulder rolling. You know, like you were shocked things. when you found out I was a southpaw. I was shocked. Yeah. Well, I saw you yeah. throw a jab, and I was like, "Wait, yeah. it's actually Give the other problems. way." Yeah, Give yeah. No, that is in interesting. There. That does bring problems in there. Another element, but uh, no, you smoke me. No, you know. In a mile, though, but that's like my strength versus you know, right? Something that might not be yours. Is that a strength? Oh yeah, I've been running my whole life. Yeah. yeah. No, you and you have the body type. You could be yeah, like a race walker. Yes, yeah. I know a lot I, about race walking now. I, don't know I would love to get into it, man. You could get a gold medal at 50. Yeah. Then everyone would have to call you an Olympic gold medalist. See you in Paris. Uh, Danny Breezy. Mr. Helwani, Danny from Charlotte here. What a time in combat we are living. Uh, His Excellency making the big fights we've been dreaming about. PFL and Bellator are joining forces as the solidified co-leader and boxing being as hot as ever. And of course, who could forget about the consistently riveting Apex shows? Obviously joking. Sorry, Rick. Is this the most exciting time in your career covering combat sports? If not, what other time was as unpredictable and as monumental as this? Thanks a lot. And up the trees! Come on, you Reds. Um, Here's the thing. There have been times where I think MMA was, or in the UFC in particular, was presenting a better product. You can't beat 2015, 2016. Connor's rise, 2014, was unbelievable. I don't know if there's been a period where my three loves as far as combat are concerned... MMA, boxing, pro wrestling has ever been this interesting where it's like Rock, Cody Rhodes, WrestleMania 40, all the craziness going on in the world of wrestling and you got AEW doing their thing and TNA with the resurgence and Japan doing their thing. UFC on fire, banger after banger after banger, boxing on fire, 
the upcoming schedule over the next few months and everything going on with Francis and the heavyweights. And, yeah, I, f- I feel, Danny, I feel pretty good about saying, like, each have had their own great moments, but a moment in time where we're covering the sports landscape, the combat sports landscape, and they're all thriving at the same time, I don't know if there's been a better time. I really don't. El Peruano. Can I, yes, Mario, please, can I interrupt please, with please. some breaking news? You're on a high right now, but I do have oh, to what unfortunately break some bad news. What? The Forest Conceit? Oh, well, I, mean, I don't know about the Forest game. Uh, shout out to Nick, who sent me a ticket. He bet on one of Forest players. I don't know. Well, let me let me bring up the name. Hold on. This, to score? This probably worked well. It's zero. Yeah, zero. He, bet on, he bet on over half a goal, and he scored. Uh, wait, how could he score? Is, it's zero, zero. Oh, wait. No, is it? Yeah, zero, I don't zero. think so. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it. No, it's zero, zero. Okay, maybe, maybe I have that wrong. Um, we'll, the, co- we'll circle back to that. Okay. Breaking news: uh, <laughs> Knicks uh, have been denied their request. Uh, for you know the what? Game against the Houston Rockets. Okay, I'm happy you bring that up. I'm okay with it. I'm at peace. Tit for tat, eye for an eye. Did you see the end of the game on Monday? Dante Divincenzo legit tackled someone. You that, know what's funny? I. I feel like that wasn't a foul. Oh my god! He freaking he like chop blocked. He, he them. beat him. <laughs> he beat him to the ball. He beat him to the ball, and he won. And it was a fifty-fifty ball that he went. He got to first, and it looked bad. But if you look at the reverse angle, like he was there first. I'm all good with that. Really? DDV's a, also DDV's a dog. He was there first. Loose ball. He was there first. The Pistons. I mean the Pistons. Um, yeah, the Pistons. Yeah, what's the Pistons? The Pistons yeah. should have been more aggressive to get it. He, Man, he that was, was a crazy was it sequence. Asar Thompson, I think it was. Yeah. He, was, he wasn't aggressive enough to get the ball. 50-50 loose ball. DDV's a dog. He got it. I'm fine with that call. Completely fine with that call. Insane and the Knicks sequence. Gotten, uh, I mean, we, on, they um, should have won by 20, but they're banged up. No Jalen Brunson yesterday. Um, that was against the Pelicans. How about that Max Struce, though? Oh, about my that Max gosh. Struce, one of the greatest shots in recent NBA history Coupled with one of the worst calls in recent NBA history, like the, I, I know, was that the Cavs guy? What is going on? He's reacting. Yeah, to that was it. the Cavs broadcast team. He's legit reacting uh, to it like it was like a, a layup in the second quarter to go like up one twenty one twenty two. Like what is going on here? Yeah, he was so there nonchalant. Was a time where we had, there was a time where we had Fred and and Austin in the in the booth for the Cavs. Yeah. R.I.P. Fred. That that was goat goat memories. I mean, twenty sixteen best calls of our lives. Uh, but the shot, though, Max Schroes, shot was nuts. Big it was Jerry West desk, yeah, back in the seventies. Number two in the East, baby. Uh, I didn't think that they would get it, but you know, worth the try. It's like an MMA when you appeal a loss, you never get it. Um, El Peruano, hola Aria, loved having your family on the show. That hello to your wife was hilarious. I too have the golden ratio, son, son, daughter. I didn't know that was the golden ratio. So then, what do what do you have? What is it called? What you have, Rick? Daughter, daughter, son. Is that something else? Yeah, I don't know. Never even I don't heard know of this. What the... Yeah. Uh, last week you mentioned Ed Soares. What's he up to these days? Haven't heard his name or seen him interviewed in a long time. Uh, he is the president of the LFA. So that's what he's doing. And uh, also still manages guys along with uh, George Guimaraes, who, of course, uh, they manage the likes of Alex Pereira. You may have heard of him. Pretty good run for that guy. Um, Jake, hola, Ariel. Quick couple of questions. What do you think of the what do you think the UFC's thoughts are on Chael and John being featured pretty heavily on the PFL Supercard? Well, Chael's working for PFL. So, you know, that's not a surprise. I'm sure they don't love John being there, but kind of no different than Connor going to, you know, the uh the Francis fight. 
Now, the interview and this and that, it is ESPN, you know, it is ESPN, so it's all in the family. I'm sure they don't love it, but there's certain guys who could get away with it. Connor showing up, BKFC, uh, John doing that sort of thing. He didn't do anything that was, like, too bad. I, I don't think they, they care all that much. That's my thought. They have other things to worry about. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, but it's like, what's the difference? Who, who, who cares? Maybe, maybe 10 years ago, Dana cares, but now I don't think he cares. Also, no shade to Saudi or the PFL. It was a good, solid car, but the stands were virtually empty. Why was that? I just don't know if PFL is that big of a deal over there. I don't even know if MMA is that big of a deal over there, to be honest. I know pro wrestling is a really big deal. Uh, boxing is becoming a big deal. Soccer, of course. But uh, first ever show... You know, it doesn't have the UFC branding, doesn't have the A++ star. I wasn't, wasn't shocked by that. I mean, no real different than the crowds at PFL are drawing here in America, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't blown away. Uh, here's Alex Dub. Uh, hello, moderator Ariel. Hello. And continuing the conversation about Clarissa being the quote in boxing and appearing more vulnerable in MMA, you drew a comparison to Jordan. However... What about the many MMA fighters who are elite college and or Olympic wrestlers or jiu-jitsu champions but didn't reach the same level when transitioning to MMA? Well, you might be better at identifying specific names. Is Clarissa's situation truly as rare as Jordan's baseball example? Uh, I kind of feel like those are different because they're not necessarily pro. I understand jiu-jitsu might be pro, but I'm talking about someone who's at the top of their game in the pro ranks and moves to a different sport in the pro ranks as opposed to the transition from wrestling like, that's almost like a stepping stone. Um, I view that a little bit differently. I view that a little bit yeah. differently. I think a better example than amateur wrestling like might be somebody like Alex Pereira, right? Alex Pereira kind of still near the top of the kickboxing world and then coming over. Now, certainly, I think um, that's more of a, a easier transition to MMA than um, traditional boxing. Um, but also, you have to factor in, and when we're talking about, like, Izzy, Alex... Having been cross-training, having been training MMA for a, a little bit of time before uh, making the jump into MMA. Um, but those are some names that I think might be a closer kind of um, example of somebody from a singular discipline going to the larger discipline and having success and having great success. Agreed. Uh, last one here. Cl Clarissa is prime. It's different. It's, it's totally just different. different. Yeah, it's totally different. Diego, hello, Ariel and the boys. Who's the A-side in the Francis Joshua boxing match? Who is the biggest fan base following? I might be biased, but I think the answer is Francis, since he was Rob versus Fury. I think Francis is the A-side in any fight he is in, and would love to hear your thoughts on this. It's a thousand percent AJ. I mean, in boxing, AJ's gigantic, um, and in particular in the UK, but worldwide as well. Francis against Problema in PFL, he's the A-side. In boxing and on March 8th, I would be shocked if he's the A-side. AJ A-side, Francis walks first, AJ second. May the best man win. All right. April 27th, Knucklemania 4, Los Angeles, the California debut of BKFC. We love when Dave Feldman, the president and the founder of BKFC, comes on to break some news. And according to the BKFC social channels, he has some news to break. So without further ado, let us say hello to Dave Feldman. Hello, Dave. How are you? Good to talk to you again. What's going on, Ariel? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's always great to have you on, especially when you are bearing gifts. Uh, you guys had a, 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 big, a big announcement when California legalized uh, Bare Knuckle. I think that was huge for the company. And then you shortly thereafter 
announced Knucklemania April 27th in Los Angeles. First off, why did you choose there for that big show, your fourth, this sort of being like your WrestleMania, your Super Bowl, your big event of the year? Um, although we've never done a show in California before, L.A. is our number one market on, on all of our viewing stats, on our app, on Fubo, on anything that we're doing, our, our viewing on L.A. is our number one uh the number one market so why not hit our number one market i think we're going to sell out fast it's a uh it's a good card um you know we have a lot of requests already for some a-listers and and b-listers that want to be there as well and i think it's going to be a uh it's going to be an awesome event for us april 27th at the peacock theater right across the street from staples center 7800 seats um i think we'll sell it out pretty fast that's amazing okay so downtown la big event for you guys your fourth one Let's not uh, dilly-dally. Let's not waste any time. What's the main event? Um, well, you know, we were we were juggling back and forth because we just um, ended up doing a deal in the Middle East, and we weren't sure where, where we were going to where we were going to land Mike Perry, and we're putting Mike Perry there. He's going to actually. We went through a bunch of opponents, and we can talk about that after I make the announcement. But we ended up with one of our uh, former 175-pound world champions with BKFC, former UFC legend Tiago Alves. We'll fight Mike Perry in the main event on that card. Um, the co-main event will be Ben Rothwell versus Todd Duffy, a fight that we tried to do on our Utah card December 2nd, but Ben Rothwell couldn't make that fight. And then we have um, the debut of former two-time world champion Alfredo Angulo, uh, boxing world champion, fought everybody in the world, real tough guy, built for this sport. He's going to make his debut. We have Bryce Hall coming back. He's going to. Um, we're looking for an opponent for him right now, and that's going to be good. And a special one we just got done is we actually have our uh, two-division wor- uh, world champion, Lorenzo Hunt. He's our 185- and 205-pound champion. He's actually going to vacate both of these, those titles and move up to heavyweight and take on our champion, Mick Terrell, for the heavyweight championship. So we have a really, really stacked card for L.A. April 27th. We're very, very excited about it. And then we have some other uh, some other news that we can we can pop on here too as as this interview goes. Okay, on. wow. Okay, so I thought you were just coming with the main event. You gave us like yeah, there's some breaking news. Uh, well done there. Appreciate that. Okay, so Mike Perry, obviously to me when I think of BKFC, I think he's the face of your promotion. I think he's the face of the sport. So uh, I think a lot of people were hoping that he'd be on this, and I think he's teased a little bit on social media. So people were. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to bank on that. Um, how did we end up with Tiago? And could you tell us what some of the other options were? Yeah, I mean, we were in, we were in talks with Darren Till. Um, wow. He asked me for a number. He asked me for a number. I gave him that number. And then he came back and said he wanted to take a boxing match or two first before he wanted to step into the BKFC ring. So we were, we had uh, deep talks with him and his team. Um, then we talked to Anthony Pettis about stepping up as well, but he's um, going to do another boxing match first. And then I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Anthony Pettis and uh, Mike Perry later on this year, or even Darren Till and Mike Perry later on this year, but it just wasn't able to happen this fast for this card. So we started thinking about, you know, a lot of our fans say that Mike Perry doesn't fight a bare knuckle fighter. He just fights guys from outside the organization. So, you know, this is a test for him. A guy that's 2-0, and former 175-pound champ in our organization, former legend in the UFC, Tiago Alves, comes to fight. So it's going to be a great test for Mike Perry. Um, which... Of those two other options, do you think you were closest to uh, to finalizing Till or Pettis? Um, you know, Till was a little it was a little funny because I was dealing with him really over social media at first, and then I finally got got in touch with his management team, and we were talking. And when I told them the number, they said perfect, we'll get this done. And then they came back and 
they didn't want it. So I, huh. you know, I think they were both kind of equal on, on where it stood really to get it done. Um, I don't think we were far off of getting it done. I think if I had, if this fight was May 27th instead of April 27th, I would have got one of those done. But, um, you know, we'll look at something for later on down the year. Do you think Till wants to do bare knuckle? Because in the past he has said he maybe feels a little bit lukewarm to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he might not want to, and maybe that's why he, you know, ultimately yeah. turned down the offer. Um, he said he, he said he want it was definitely something he wanted to entertain. It's something that he, you know, he thought was good, and he officially challenged Mike Perry a couple weeks ago. So I was like, okay, now let's put, you know, the offer out there and let's make this thing happen, and it it just couldn't happen. Okay, um, Tiago Alves, as you said, two and zero in BKFC, but hasn't fought since twenty twenty one. Is there a reason for right. that layoff? Yeah, um, we just had some we weren't getting the numbers right at first and then he then he opted to um potentially fight in a different organization i believe it was uh khabib's organization but he never ended up fighting there and then um you know we just we just stopped talking you know it was just one of those things where we went our way he went his way and no hard feelings and then as we were thinking of another opponent um his name came up and we thought it was a good option and you know he's a bare knuckle fighter he's two and oh in bare knuckle like I said, it's going to be a test for Mike Perry because this guy stands in front of you and he bangs, and you know he is undefeated in bare knuckle, and he's a tough dude. So I thought it was a great test to get him tested with a with a um, reputable bare knuckle fighter, and to see you know give the fan give the BKFC fans what they want, right? Like we're a lot of times giving all combat sports fans kind of some really good stuff to you know, to look for. And I think Tiago Alves does that as well, but I think he really gives the BKFC fans something to really look forward to as well. Is this 175? This one will be a 185. Okay. Um, last time we saw Mike was against Eddie Alvarez, that great show in Utah. And I know afterwards you expressed interest in running it back. Was that considered? Not yet. Um, it's something that I, that I definitely, you know, think is open. Um, We'll see what happens here. I mean, there's a lot of options for Mike Perry. Now, you know, a lot of people, he's a target now because right. he's a money target, right? He's not necessarily a target like everybody wants to fight him because they think they can beat him. They want to fight him because they can make money fighting him. Okay. <laughs> uh, you talked about that being in Philly. Is that is that still like, does that fight only make sense, sense for you in Philly? I think. I think it's a hell of a fight in Philly. Um you know, we're we're starting to sign a lot of boxers as well um, right now. Um, one of the guys on our team, Nelson Lopez, is really going after all the bo top boxers. We've been in talks with some really top boxers now. But I can't mention it now because we're in negotiations right now. But two or three of the top ten boxers in the world we're in negotiations with right now. Wow. To bring them over to KFC. Yeah. Um, we're, we're really making a big push here. Um, I don't know if you saw, but I don't know. A couple of weeks ago, we were in the uh, we were uh, right before, right after Christmas, we were in Abu Dhabi, um, and we met up with it with the team over there. They be they're officially our team now. Um, an, an investment fund out of uh, the Middle East um, that's going to do the um, Mena area. It's going to do um, Middle East, northern Northern Africa, as well as India, and um, it's it's going to be something that's going to put us in a really great position to make a play for all the free agents in the world. Wow. Okay. So you feel like you're in a good spot. Um, yeah, we're in. And uh, so, so here we are with you know this big event in California. Where do we stand on Nevada? Because I feel like that would be a big one for you guys. Um, we went out and we pitched Nevada, and it was a great pitch. And um, 
you know, I thought we got along really well with them and we're just waiting to see what the next step is there. Um, you know, when it comes time to vote for it or when it comes time to give us a thumbs up or not, I'm not sure. We're going to get back in touch with them um, probably in the next two weeks and ho hopefully we can push something in there. I don't, I don't really see how at this stage, not to sound cocky, but I don't see how any state can really say no to us now. I mean, we're, 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 we proved ourselves. We put on great shows. We're getting big names. We're drawing big attendance. We're doing good numbers. And above all, our, our, uh, injury rate is lower than any other sure. combat sport out. And especially when you, when you sanction slap fighting, how can you not sanction bare knuckle? I know you don't want to go there, but I'll go there. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and, and it would just make all the sense in the world. Um, what about New York? Um, New York, we talked to the commission. The commission is great. They actually love it. We just know that it's a big legislative battle. So we weren't really ready to take that on. And I think we're ready to take that on right now. I okay. do think we're ready. I think that's probably going to be the next step for us is, is New York. Um, we have some other big states opening up. Um, we actually just, Got a deal done with Mohegan Sun. We're going to go there. Wow. Uh, May. Um, we're actually going to have a an, another announcement. I think we just signed Heather Hardy to fight Christine Faria um, on that card. I think that's going to be a great one as well. We also signed um, former Olympian and former three-time boxing world champion uh, Guillermo Rigondeaux is going to also fight. Damn. And we, um, yeah, we, we got Jimmy Rivera fighting on that card. We got a bunch of guys that are going to be on that card. It's going to be a pretty big one. And then um, we're trying to uh, dot the I's and cross the T's on this contract for the Middle East for um, the uh, late late May for a show over there. Okay. And would that be in Abu Dhabi? Um, Abu Dhabi or Dubai. Um, we're going back and forth with them right now. Okay. Um, I actually just saw Todd Duffy at a... Uh... At a comedy show of all places here in New York a week or so ago, he seemed he seemed quite uh, ready to go. So I'm sure he's happy about this. What happened? Yeah. Why did that fight fall through at the last minute? The uh, Rothwell fight against Duffy back um, in December. Well, R Rothwell, uh, his team called and said he was just too sick and he was going to have trouble making the weight because he was sick and um, he wasn't. You know, I, I talked to him. I said, you know, he said I'll, I'll do the fight. I'll probably can make the weight but i'm going to be drained and i said you know it's not really fair to you to the fans to anybody so relax take off and we'll put you on i think we were talking about putting him on in march but you know this thing popped up and i think it's a good opportunity for him and for todd duffy todd duffy is a california guy so it makes a lot of sense for us a couple of weeks back uh saw a photo of you and dana white in his office and then shortly thereafter mike perry said that uh there was an offer on the table for the uh, I guess Zufa or, or TKO to buy you guys. I think he said 200 million. Um, I reached out to you about this, but I'll ask you about it here. Is there any truth to that, that they tried to buy you guys or at least made an offer? No, there's no truth to that. Look, we had great conversation. Um, he was very, very surprised by the um, amount of shows and the numbers we were doing. And, um, you know, could be of interest to them. But crazy thing is, is man, uh, um, you know, as I'm doing this journey, man, it's like it's roller coaster, man. You have the best days in the world, and then you have days where you're like, man, forget this. I want to stop. Yesterday was one of those days. This morning I wake up to an unbelievable offer to buy BKFC, and it's um, we turned it down. It's We're just not where we want to be yet, but it was 
as you remember in some of my um interviews i did with the sa i want to make sure it changes everyone's life yeah this one would change everyone's life but i talked to a couple of the team members and they said you know let's keep going with it you know they wanted to keep us involved with it and because they wanted to keep us involved with it i said look if we're already we're going to be involved with it we might as well just ride this out ourselves and and let's do it so you know wow. we're going to stay on we're not uh we're not going anywhere um we're doing great things. We're going to do shows in seven to nine different countries this year. Um, we're opening up some major states. Our numbers are going through the roof. Our uh, projected revenue for this year is 5x of what we did last year. So um, we got some pretty big growth strides in 2024, and, you know, we're real happy about where we are. Can I ask who that offer came from? You can ask, but I'm, I, I'm not going to tell you. Fair enough. And when you say <laughs> that there's an offer on the table, so what is the relationship with Triller? Do they still own you guys, or did that? Yeah, so Triller is, um, they're scheduled to go public within the next, like, uh, 40 days right now. Um, they are with us, but, look, it's something that I run past them, and, and we talk about it, and if it makes sense, then we do it. But it doesn't make sense yet. I think we're, we're um, you know, the crown jewel of, of, of Triller right now. You know, they have about... 10 businesses underneath their umbrella and i think we're we're driving that ship right now and you know it just makes sense for us to stay where we're at right now keep going blowing this thing up as we're doing you know doing the best that we can do with what we have and um some big things are about to pop for us man and, and, we're, and we're very very happy man i love we, it we got some big, bigger names that we're signing we got a lot more shows we're doing we're expanding this thing really everywhere and and we're in a great spot when you say yesterday was one of those bad days why? Uh, you know, just bad news. This guy didn't want to fight. I was expecting this to sign this fight. It didn't work. Um, an, a, another business thing happened that I can't really talk about that I was like, really, really, I woke up yesterday morning expecting that to happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. Just one of those things. Look, you deal with it. Look, you, go, you, you, you wake up. It's, it's every day is a battle, man. It's a battle to, to keep the thing floating, to keep this thing the thing going as fast as it can go and you know to grow it to where you want to grow it to and you have bad days you have good days you have good things that happen you have bad things that happen and you know yesterday wasn't wasn't the best news and today was unbelievable news all around and um we're happy man we uh -huh. are we're we're happy about the growth we're happy about where we're going and look we have them struggles we have them speed bumps and you know i've been through that before I've had really bad days before, right? And I've had some really good days, and we're going to keep doing that. I saw on your uh, your Instagram, you, speaking of which, you shared a story where you considered ending it all. Like, you were in such a bad spot. I didn't know you had been diagnosed with cancer, um, and I believe you've beaten that maybe a couple times? Yeah, twice. Yeah, so yes. well done. Um, I, I didn't, re And this was back in 2016. I didn't realize that it was uh, that that dark for you back then. You know, it wasn't like, like, like I, I mentioned on there, it wasn't like I was going through a bad time. It was period. a bad day, right? Bad day, man. Yeah. I had a bad day. I got uh, diagnosed with cancer again. I got turned down by a major state I thought I was going to get in this journey to get it. I had a guy that was going to fund the thing back out. I was having some personal problems at home, and I was broke, man. I was dead broke. I had $262 to my name, and, you know, I went um to uh the local bridge here i uh grabbed the hold and i was about to jump off and um this thing i don't know if you can see this, but that picture back there i'm not sure if i showed it to you before but there's no. a picture back there. 
picture right here that my mother actually painted with a, a paintbrush in her mouth. My mother was paralyzed from her. Wow. Um, her, um, and, you know, I saw this. I saw that she never gave up. And I pushed off and I went back in my car and made a video. And I said, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to be as as big and strong as I possibly can. And, and you know, just keep pushing until I get to where I want to be. And, you know, I never looked back. And things are, you know, things are happening. Things are happening for us. But, you know, I did. I had a bad day. And a lot of people have bad days. They don't talk about it. They don't, they don't do things. They don't tell people about it. And nobody knows they have bad days. And. I had a bad day. Well, it's great knowing all of that and, and just, you know, knowing the ups and downs of trying to get something like this off the ground. It's great to see you guys thriving. Um, I do want to go back to that Dana White meeting. What was the purpose of the meeting? If not, was it just like a, a friendly get together or was there business? No, it was um, um, a, a middleman, if you will, you know, wanted to kind of set the meeting up and he did. And we just sat down and talked for a little bit and, you know, a lot of things were talked about and, you know, a, a lot of was he, what, what he's doing. And it was just, it was just good to meet him and talk to him. And first time, know, um, well, I met him actually back in 2012 that he didn't remember. And I reminded him that reminded him of that meeting. I was at a show in Atlantic city and, um, a UFC show. And I just did a bare knuckle show. Um, my first one I ever did on Indian reservation in about six months prior and I went to a UFC event at the Rebel in Atlantic City, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to this guy about this. So I jumped over the guardrail. I jumped over the other guardrail, and the security's like, yo, what are you doing? I said, no, I work here. And then <laughs> I was like, yo, my man. So I tapped him on the shoulder. I'm like, yo, I'd like to talk to you about that bare knuckle. Did you hear about it? He goes, yeah, I heard about it. He goes, you never get that done. It'll never work. Forget it. And I was like, isn't that what they said to you, man? And I, I remember saying, I'm like, see at the top. And I turned around, and I'm like, I can't believe I just said that to him. But I told him that story, and he was like, look, man, sometimes it's guys, it's it's things like that that need, you know, for guys like yeah. us to keep and keep moving. He said, congratulations for where you're at. You know, he said, it's it's amazing of what you guys have done so far. And it was a good conversation. Look, That's great. And we left that right now, and, and we'll see what happens going forward. Did you talk about McGregor Perry? No. Copro? No. No, no, no. All right. Uh, we did. <laughs> I, I, you did? I wish we oh, did. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, I oh, also no. saw you with uh, Saka Kibara, who's a legend, obviously, from Pride now with Ryzen. What's going on there? Anything? Yeah, we're going to definitely do some stuff together. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention about um, Knuckle Mania, and I'm not going to say the gentleman's name because I'm going to mispronounce it, but one of his, one of the Ryzen fighters is going to fight on Knuckle Mania in a bare knuckle fight for us. Wow. And we're going to send some guys over to Japan to fight, and then eventually we're going to do a co-pro there in Japan. We just want to get the fans um, used to bare knuckle a little bit over there and uh, just have an ongoing, ongoing conversations um, every other day or so with his team. Great guys. I liked them a lot. They were very easy to get along with and very easy to get a deal done with. Wow. Okay, so there is a deal, like a, a talent sharing yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. Man, yep. making moves left and right. I'm trying, man. We're just pushing, man. You know, just push, man. I We push so hard. And look, you know how many people said this was a flash in the pan and it wasn't going to work and it would never last. And again, I always say it's, we're not the biggest thing in the world. But man... We are making a lot of noise, man, from this 
organization that started with a hundred grand and had to beg and borrow for every other dime that they got to make this thing work. We're in a pretty good spot right now. You know, we got a lot of big time investors coming in. We got a lot of really good things happening for the company. And that's because we got a great team. It's because we never quit. We, we don't listen to no, you know, it's just a different, it's, it's a speed bump. It's an obstacle for us now. And, you know, I've got I, our fighters in our organization, I think, Three fighters ever tried to leave the organization. One employee quit, and then he actually works for us again. People don't leave us, you know, because we treat them right. And I think because we treat them right, we're putting on exciting shows. Our production level is as good as anyone else out there. And, you know, we're making moves. Again, are we the biggest thing in the world? No. My goal is to be the biggest thing in the world. Who knows how long that's going to take. But, uh, you know, we're just going to keep pushing along every day, signing better fighters, honing our own talent, doing these trials, doing prospect series, really creating stars on our own, bringing a lot of different momentum to this sport and to our promotion. And, you know, I'll be talking to you a lot of different times in the next couple of years. Do you have a number in mind where, where you will sell for that number? It's not a number. It's really not a number. And that's where I found out today because that was the number. Uh-huh. Today, was, today was the number wow. that... It was a year ago, like a year ago, that was the number. And it's not a number. It's, it really isn't. It's like, I'm not going to be stupid about it when I know it's, you know, it's not picking up steam anymore. And an offer like that comes in, then we go, but we're picking up steam. We're, we're growing this thing. And, um, we weren't in a position to leave the kind of legacy that we want to leave. I mean, and I really do. I want to leave a legacy. I want to change a lot of people's lives. And when all that happens, then, then we're ready to go, but we're not ready to go yet. So April 27th, Peacock Theater, LA Live, Los Angeles, Ben Rothwell, Todd Duffy. Uh, is that for the heavyweight title? It's not. The winner of that will fight the winner of Lorenzo Hunt and okay. Mick Terrell for the championship. So that fight is for the championship. Lorenzo Hunt fights Mick Terrell for the heavyweight championship, BKC heavyweight championship on um, April 27th. Um, tickets aren't on sale yet, but we do have a sign-up sheet because we think they're going to go fast. So that's at bkfc.com. Just go to bkfc.com, click on the events, and it'll take you right to the sign-up page. Mike Perry, Tiago Alves, 185 in the main event. Uh, you announced a bunch of other stuff. May 11th, as you said, uh, Mohegan's son, Heather Hardy, joining the, uh, the Fray Middle East. Uh, Ryzen, UFC meeting, just a little chat, nothing crazy. Let's not get nuts. Anything else that we didn't touch that you want to uh, share? Um, we also did a, um, sign a deal with, with South Korea. We're going to move into South Korea. Um, and we just finished a deal with, uh, TV Azteca in Mexico. So oh, yeah. we're going to, we're going to do live events in Mexico starting in May. We did our February 2nd event on, um, in, on TV Azteca, uh, de- a, a, on a delay a day later. And we did, um, 1.2 million viewers. So it was just it was unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, and that was at midnight. At midnight. Wow. So, yeah, we yeah we we're doing great numbers. Our numbers are great. Our viewership's great. You know, like I always say, this sport's not for every single fighter out there, right? But now we're getting the big the big time boxers in there. We're getting it's it's getting interesting now. It's really getting interesting. Congratulations on all the success. Thank you for coming on to share all this news. We appreciate it as always, and uh, good luck on the road to Knucklemania Four. Looking forward to it. Thanks, my man. Appreciate it. All right, there he is, Dave Feldman, uh, kind enough to jump on. Ton of news there. And uh, yeah, Mike Perry, 
your biggest show of the year, you have to have Mike Perry on if you're BK, and they got it done, so well done there. Uh, Darren Till would have been fun. That's the one. That's that's the uh, that's the Tony Habib of something. Uh, all right, time now for a look at this weekend. The Parlay Boys are back. Are they back? I think they're back. Uh, I mean, no message from. Uh, wow. wow. I asked, are, are we in? Are we out? Uh, so we'll see as we. Did as she we leave you on scene? No, no, no. I actually just sent it. You know, I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt. I gave her as much time as possible. So just four minutes ago, uh, I did. Uh, I sent the message. Just four minutes ago. Yeah, I said we go on. I I really wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt. I thought she might give us a a buzzer beater and uh, drop drop what she's taking. But I said we go in again or we out. So for now, it'll be a three leg parlay. (laughs) Pena, obviously, more than welcome to join us if she wants to get it in before the weekend. Okay. But I'll throw us uh, in the randomizer, and we'll uh, we'll see. While, while we're doing the randomizer, let me give a quick update. I tried to shout out my guy Nick, and I blew it. Taiwo Awani is that yes. the right? Is that, is that yes? Of course. You say that like he's not like the most prolific striker in the Premier League. When did he, he hit this bet? I mean, to steal a line from Helwani, if he walked, he walked in with my Uber Eats right now. Helwani, my son know. wore his jersey today actually to school. Uh, shot on target, not goal. He wow, had a, he had. Uh, over over ha- over point five shots on target minus one twenty five. So he wasn't. I guess it was pretty close to expecting uh, him not to take a shot. Uh, cash that in eighteen minutes. He said. So shout out to my guy Nick. Bet in some Nottingham stuff. Okay, love it. Good job, Nick. Uh, all right, I will go first. Frank second. Rick will go third. Uh, I'll start us off. Alternative total rounds. Uh, main event. Biggie boy. Gaziev, great man of Ben. Under two and a half. Gaziev been over one and a half only one time in his 12-fight career. Biggie Boy, nine of his last 13 have gone under the one and a half. So let's just get a little bit of cushion. We need to get a win on the board here in 2024, so I'm going to go under two and a half. Nice. I like that. I was actually thinking of that um, as a potential for you guys. Also worth noting, by the way, early start time here. If you're feeling yes. froggy, jump yeah. back in. Uh, early early start froggy, time, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Why? Oh, yeah. That's right. Saudi Arabia. Right. Supposed to be the Saudi card, yeah. 1.30 start. 11 you fights. You don't think that they would have uh, liked Rosenstrike versus Gaziev as a main event? I mean, that's big uh, stuff. I know, I know. Six six UFC main events for Rosenstrike. Yes, yes, yes. Gaziev, second UFC fight. No, no, of course not. Um, Frankie, right. what else we got? All right, so I'm also going to do the main event because there's only one main event that matters, and I'm going to take Jake Paul to knock wow. out. Mm. Oh, Frankie, that what? is uh, that is an incredible. That is not the main event either. Well, it's the main event to me. Disrespect to uh, Amanda Serrano a little I'm bit, goat. Shot, Frank. Damn. You're goat. That is the co-main event, Frankie. I understand that. You know, Come on, man. He, he three minute Clarissa rounds on the show dude. today, and, three he, minute and rounds. he switched his She's done it. He, he knows who the quote is. You're, uh, good, good call, Frankie. Good call. Uh, yeah, Jake Paul by KO TKO minus nine hundred. Nine hundred. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, who's he fighting, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> who me? <laughs> yeah. uh, You've been watching tape on Ryan Borland. <laughs> You've been ta- watching tape on the Rhino, Frankie. Yeah, Ryan Borland. Absolutely. He's 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 calling back here for a third round TKO stoppage for Jake Paul after dropping him in the second. 
The rhino so Borland doesn't... leaves his his right hand down, and that's where it's going. Oh, he's been watching. Jake Paul. Yeah, he's been. He's he doesn't been go watching down easily, thing. from what I've seen. Uh, all right, Ricky. Yeah, give me uh, Muhammad Makayev money line. That easy, wow. Muhammad Makayev minus three fifty five. That gets us to minus one twenty eight. Juliana Pena's pick pending. A little triple P situation here. Pena pick pending. Do do I listen? If you need me, you can tag me in. But I I don't want to do a five leg parlay, so I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. I, I think she's going to hit me with it. Yeah, you guys know my number. If you need me, I have one in the back pocket. Is the, is the passion gone? Is is the losing too much no. to bear for Are a world champion? Right is, is it? No, I'm just saying. You know, I'm, if, I'm saying if my friends Pena. need me. No, yeah, I know. What Pena's you're saying. used to winning world titles. I just, is, you know what I think it is? I think she's locking in. I think there's a title fight coming up. Okay. I think she's locking in. Well, we'd be happy to have you back as well. Or we could recruit another fighter, you know. Uh, our, our DMs, applications are open uh, to be the, you know, the featured fighter in the Parlay Boys. Uh, what else we got? Uh, yeah, I got a few picks. Got okay. a few picks for UFC Apex 87. We'll oh, yeah. Off. Eric Anders, inside the distance. I, uh, I think he's got Jamie Pickett covered about everywhere. Tough, tough to see how big of a favorite Eric Anders is. He's now eclipsed minus 500, but... I feel like this is a winnable fight for him. I, I I really do think he gets it done, and I think he gets it done in uh, fairly easy fashion and wins inside the distance. Uh, next up, Umar Namagomedov taking on the debuting Bekzat Almakan, 17-1. and one. Uh, I mean, dude appears to be a dog, has not fought competition anywhere near the level of Umar Namagomedov, um, but I'm going to go with this fight does not go to a decision. Uh, 16 of his 18 fights have not gone to a decision for Bexot. And then Umar, I know he's not the most prolific finisher, but four of his last five wins have come by way of finish. And I think there's a, there's a gap skill-wise between these two. I, th- I think Umar uh, gets this one done and makes it look e- easy. Next up, Astro Boy, our guy, Stevie E, Steve Ursek, taking on Matt Schnell. I'm going to take this one. Does not go to a decision. Uh, Matt Schnell. If, if you just look at his fights, he is uh, a great fighter for flyweight unders. I'm not even just blindly playing this as a flyweight under um, because we saw them die last week. But uh, I feel good about this one. 19 of Matt Schnell's uh, last 22, if you're counting tough, have not seen the third round, and I don't think this one is either. So this one does not go to a decision. And then last but not least on the uh, does not go to a decision, Perez Mahayev. Alex Perez, you got to wonder where he's at at this point. Since 2020, 19 canceled bouts uh, for the guy. I'm sorry, 10 canceled bouts, 19 combined with with Matt Schnell. Uh, 10 canceled bouts for Alex Perez. Uh, Getting getting confused by my own notes here. Has only fought twice since November of 2020. In both those fights, he was finished in the very first round. Has lost by submission five times in his career. Mahayev. He has finished four of his five UFC wins, all of those by submission. Just doesn't seem like a good matchup. The up-and-coming prospect against the guy that we haven't really seen uh, in the octagon too much. I, I think Mahayev gets it done, and I think it's likely by submission. Co-main event, Vitor Petrino. I will take him by knockout. Massive favorite here, over, over minus 300. I think if he gets out of the first round, uh, he is very live. I think he's even live in the first round. But Tyson Pedro, all 10 wins coming by way of first-round finish. And Petrino, as big of a favorite as he is, minus 300, minus 320 in some books, you're getting KO at plus 175 when seven of his 10 wins are by KO. And I don't see this fight going the distance. 
I think I think Petrino finishes him around two or three, and uh, I will take the risk on it being by knockout. Main event, Biggie Boy, Godziev. It was my parlay boys pick. I'll take under one and a half in this one. Uh, Rosenstrike, like I said, nine of his last 13, and then Godziev, 11 of his 12 pro fights, all under the one and a half. I think they're going to come out. They're going to swing, and someone's going to fall. A couple parlays. These things were already juiced. They're just getting juicier throughout the week. They just keep getting bigger and bigger. Uh, and then CLD, Steve Ersegg, and then the other one was Anders Bashrat and Umar Namagamedov. So not as many picks as last week, but those are the picks. UFC Apex 87. Nothing on uh, Puerto Rico. Nothing on Puerto Rico. Jake Paul is minus 3,500, minus 900 for knockout. Manasarano is like minus 4,000. What about one championship, 166? Yeah, so I actually just saw that odds got released. Man, there's there's not a ton of playable lines here. The the Rainer to Ritter, Anatoly is minus 550. Damn. But man, I can have no confidence playing Rainer to Ritter after that last fight. I mean, it was a one-sided, absolute beatdown. Uh, so yeah, just keep it at 87. I'm, I will have plenty of action next week. I can guarantee you that. PFL, Joshua Ngannou. Our guy uh, Zhang on that card as well, and then of course Parker, UFC yeah. 299. That f- that fight is cr- like it's crazy how that fight is just flying right under the radar. Oh, I can't wait. That, that would be I a might main be, event. It's 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 oh, excitement yeah. for AJ Francis and yeah, like John his two right wins here. over Joyce and then Parker's win over Wilder. You think like that's a you know that's a main event on any card that's on you know a Queensberry card or a top rank card, whatever, and they're the freaking co-main. What the hell? That's, I can't a, wait. that's a main event in an arena. Yeah, for sure. and no one's talking about it. I feel like nope. no one yeah. is talking about it whatsoever. There's another title fight too. Ray Vargas, right? Yeah, Vargas is on there. Um, Jack McGann, who's uh, the son of Anthony McGann, who's a former MMA fighter who has transitioned out to boxing, is on there. So yeah, a little something for everyone. Just like today's show, a little something for everyone, right? A little pro wrestling. What about Matt Riddle, huh? Great guy, man. He's a fun dude back here. <laughs> I bet. Very... Uh, it comes with less people than some of our guests on on Monday. Just him and his boy. Just him and I, his boy. Originally, it was, it was just him. I thought I thought it was his manager, but then I got to talking, and it was just one of his boys that lives up here in the Northeast. <laughs> and whenever he wrestles up here, he just comes and hangs with him. Amazing. So, yeah, not quite the same entourage. Uh, I have a plane to catch, guys. So I'm sorry right, for cutting this a little short. Uh, and I'm sorry to everyone who sent in questions. I didn't get to uh, get to all of them, but I'm going to try to make it up to you perhaps on Monday's show. So I have a lot of those still uh, in my little folder, and we'll do our best to get to as many as possible. But, you know, we don't take any days off here. So here we are, and there I go on another journey across. I don't know where I'm Is it not the Atlantic? Where am I going? Across the Caribbean? I don't know. Where am I going? Oh, man. Pretty pretty sure that's the Atlantic. Is it the Atlantic? Across yeah. the Atlantic would be to like well, you're Europe. Going traversing the Atlantic. Okay, traversing the southern ocean. Uh, all of right. Mexico? Nah, it'll just mm. be the Atlantic, man. It's still the U.S. Uh, you nailed it. Flying right across the Atlantic. Yeah, Puerto Rico, great U.S. sovereign state territory. Territory. They vote. Did you get the right currency? Of course they vote. Is U.S. Right. Oh, okay. Seems like a great place. It is a great place. I enjoyed my time. Um, and I can't wait. You know, I, I've said this before. The crowd last year at the WWE event backlash there at the same arena, the Choliseo, one of the best crowds that I've ever uh, witnessed. And I wasn't there, obviously. I was watching it on, on TV, on Peacock. But I, I don't recall a better. And, and this is coming from a Montrealer. And Elimination Chamber was nuts. And I thought that wouldn't be taught. And then that crowd was hitting us with the Uno Dos 
on all the near falls, and they were just on fire. And then, of course, Bad Bunny's walkout. I don't know if you think Bad be Bunny there. comes out to support. Yeah, that would be sick. That would be that's Chop. as big as you yeah. can get. Uh, I mean, that would be nuts. As big as you can get. Man. I was talking to a lot of people there. Serrano is a big deal. She yeah, has, of course, uh, of course. Yeah, like they they definitely love her and and claim obviously, you know, boxing has long been a huge deal in uh, Puerto Rico. Not so much a a women's boxer, but she, you can make the case, is the most famous Puerto Rican boxer right now. Puerto Rican fighter, dare I say, maybe even Puerto Rican athlete. Dare I say, there's some great baseball players, of course, as well. But uh, no, it's a big deal. Jake Paul in the co-main, Juana Walton. So check me out there if you are so inclined. For now, though, thank you to all our guests. Jorge Masvidal, check out Game Bread, Bare Knuckle MMA. Thank you very much to Matt Riddle. Check out MLW tomorrow. Thank you to Dave Feldman, of course, Clarissa Shields. Thanks to you. Thanks to them. Back on Monday. Stay tight, please. Peace. I'm out of here. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.